Comic Clan and welcome to Comics in the Cross, the greatest streamers you have never heard of. I, of course, am one of your hosts, Cross, and I am not joined by Nitro this week. Nitro is taking a little bit of a break, so I have brought in a very good, um, stat worthy replacement, I believe, for this week's topic. Um, first time as a guest on the show, long, long overdue getting him on here, is Jarrett, the Infinity Bear himself from the Infinity Bros, is joining me today. Hi guys, I guess I'm the pinch hitter. I'm uh, I'm trying to take Nitro's shoes, and I'm not sure if they fit yet, but we'll see. We'll see. We'll see how you do. Off to a good start already, you know. Right. Off to a good start, and um, but thank you for joining us. Honestly, I've been, I've been chatting to Jarrett pretty much since I started talking to Infinity Bros. I don't know how many years ago at this point, and right. this has been long overdue trying to get you on the podcast at some point, and. For real. When we came to talk about Moon Knight, I'm like, okay, like Jarrett is like the Moon Knight guy. I have to get him on the show to talk about Moon Knight. It's like if I want Absolutely. to get an in-depth and compare it to the comics and all the stuff we usually do, I don't know about the Moon Knight stuff. I need to get him on. This is when I need to get him in. And apparently everyone thought the same thing because everybody's been trying to get yes. him on the show. <laughs> Jarrett's like little's like knowledge of the Moon Knight verse and Marvel has became this like sought after thing now. <laughs> I'm the hot commodity. I should start charging like uh like cups of coffee for each time i visit somebody's got to send me a pack of coffee hey that's a, hey, that's a cheap plug there for your new sponsor at the infinity bros now that you guys have got a coffee sponsorship we do we have many worlds tavern which is fantastic and i've been drinking their coffee for too long so if i get jittery that's why it's because i don't eat i just drink coffee <laughs> I, I think that's called being a dad man i think that's just, that's just part and parcel of it uh, but for anyone here, I think most of our audience um, knows you at this point. It's like we've spoken about the Infinity Bros plenty of times on the show. We've had you guys on as a variety of guests and playing games with us and doing different things. But just in case anyone doesn't know who the Infinity Bros are, tell us a little bit about yourself, Jarrett, and a little bit about the bros. Yeah, so um, I am one of six, and we do a podcast mainly talking about the same things you guys do, which is uh, all things geeky and nerdy. Um, specific focus on like the superhero genre so we cover everything from Marvel and DC um, we tend not to go as much into like indie comics although me and Robbie are big fans of both of those um, and then we stream we try to stream every day although in practice that's not always realistic but um, if you check us out on a random weekday we're probably streaming the weekends tend to be hit or miss um, but yeah we're, we're kind of six guys who do a little bit of everything it's hard to find like an area of like geek culture that one of us doesn't cover um and i just happen to be the moon knight guy on the podcast so well i was going to say that like with six of you you'd like to think that pretty much most of the geek culture is covered in some shape or form because you're here as a moon knight guy but you're a you're a comic book guy you're also like something that we're delving a lot into starting to explore the indie world of comics you're a big indie comic guy like it's a bunch of comics i've talked about that we we're planning to do in the show where you've like been big on saying oh that's a great one yeah definitely check that out you're also like a tabletop gamer guy you're a card gamer guy with like um like magic the gathering pokemon cards all this different stuff like you cover so much stuff just within yourself you're a pretty like well-rounded in the geek culture yourself man i'm gonna put that on a name tag and then like if my wife around be like you know what are you doing this weekend i'll be like all of the all just all of this stuff but yes yeah, like so if you ever want to pick like um someone's mind about all this other stuff of geeky stuff because jared is like a bit literally a bit of everything you know yeah. a bit of a jack of all trades when it comes to geek culture he is one of your guys for it and um, but a lot of guys in chat kind of saying that as well they've tried to pick your brains on midnight um good morning guys yes i did get a haircut thank you for noticing mark looking stylish yeah yeah <laughs> uh, 
But yeah, so it's like getting you on for the midnight thing. Though this is something that's well without our wheelhouse, and there's a lot right. to talk about and take apart in this show and delve into. Um, so I'm glad we could finally get you on because I think the only other bro we've actually managed to get on the podcast has been Isaac. Right, and I Isaac think Isaac goes everywhere. He's our traveling. He's like our ambassador to the Infinity Bros because he goes everywhere and then he invites everybody on ours. Yeah, like as as I'll say that like one of these days my goal is to try and get all the Infinity Bros gathered together on the podcast. I know it's probably never going to happen. Like we saw so- that there there is a joke. Isaac has actually t- talked about this before. If anyone manages to get all six bros, because each one of us there's six of us and six Infinity Stones, like that would be the first podcast to get a real Infinity Snap to have all six bros on. See, that's um, my you plan. Might be the first. See, that's my yeah. plan is to do that. Like I've literally claimed that I want to be the gauntlet. I legitimately yeah. want to be the goal that they can gather all six bros together in one place because like even in your own show it like never happens no absolutely. pretty much is like like getting a show with all six of you i think there's been like not including like big specials that you've done right. like there's been like one or two maybe i think i've heard where it's like all of you have been on for like, actual like podcast episodes i think it, there's one and it was i think it was like our first or second episode and my computer like broke in the middle this was when i had my old pc of course and so it's the only episode with all six of us but i have no audio in the episode so it's technically five so you're there you still have all six you don't have any input at all no (laughs) and it's awkward too so this was before max started getting better at editing and so you have to go back and listen (coughs) there are there are moments in the podcast where it's just like dead air and everybody going "Mm mm-hmm Mm-hmm. It is so awkward. We got better since then, but yeah, it was rough in the beginning. Uh, but let me do a little shout out for that as well, just as um, Jared saying to go and you know check it out for yourself. There you go, there's a whole host of links. Um, I would not recommend starting from the beginning. Just catch up on whatever the newest episode is and go forward. Okay, that link has not worked because all the things are like, hey, go and check this out is now like added <laughs> onto the end of the previous link. So, Oh, wow. So I don't know why that's happened, so copy and paste and take out like whatever stuff is not meant to be in there. <laughs> like that went horribly wrong for links. Um I tried to put that together before the show, it obviously has not worked. But yeah, you can check it out the cool, Infi- You can check out the yeah. Infinity Bros wherever you go wherever you get your good podcasts from. You can check yeah. them out. They've got their website, check them out on all social media pretty much. You can find these guys, they've got amazing takes on, so please go and check all that out. Uh Hey, Hubert coming in. Is an Infinity Bear I see? It absolutely is. Go put spaces. I thought I did lock. I thought I did put the spaces on. Apparently not. Um, but it's, yeah. It looks like I can click on it. Oh no, never mind. It does. It tags the. Yeah, because see, like, there it's like it's got the, like, the link with the .com Infinity Bros, and then it's like got the next thing. And it's like, right. I thought I put spaces, but apparently not. That's wild. But, oh, space breaks are moved by chat. That's wild. Yeah. So That's alright. It looks cool, though. So yeah, so the links are there. Go out at the very least. Hey, look, you do a shout out for the Infinity Bros as well. Go and check out their Twitch. All the links are over on their Twitch page as well. So go and give that a spam as well. And um, but yeah, I'm excited to get talking because like we we literally have to stop ourselves like, which as I said to you is a natural thing for me and Nitro almost on a weekly basis. We were about to start getting yeah. into stuff like before we went on air, like about Moon Knight. It's like no, shut up, stop. We need to stop doing it. We need to wait. <laughs> That's our problem too, is to do this. Where, oh, um, hold on a second, I'm getting some music there. Apparently that shout out for Cameron plus Deanna do not have any clips in their channel, and for some reason the shout out thing we've got decides, hey, I'm going to play music 
over that. <laughs> don't know why it's a thing it does, but it does. <coughs> but yeah, so... So before we delve into Moon Knight, because that's their big topping point for today, um, there's another Marvel property that everyone's been talking about this week. Right. It's, it's kind of taken a bit of the, you know, the mainstream headlines and grabbing everyone's attention, creating all sorts of conversations, and that is, of course, Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. So we are not going to go into any spoilers about that. This is just going to be a quick little thing, and it kind of ties into some of the stuff we want to talk about with Moon Knight. Um... But what did you think of Doctor Strange? What did you yeah. think of the movie? And you know, it's hard to this this one particularly is hard to talk about without spoilers. But um, I don't want to be another like person who's dropping spoilers right now because my my poor sister keeps texting me. She hasn't seen the movie yet, and I think she already knows the full plot. But um, yeah, because like it's been like off, it's been out for a week, and it's like it's almost impossible not to see spoilers every, for everything. Like, we had this there was like this collective agreement on the internet that people would at least attempt to like try to warn people that there were spoilers either on you know TikTok or twitter or whatever and that lasted all of a day yeah and then you can't go anywhere now without people talking about it and so yeah if you haven't seen it um just stay, i guess just stay off the internet until you get a chance to yeah pretty um, much like it's almost impossible to know no spoilers at this point and if we do spoil anything i apologize but like it's right everything's out there like chances are you probably know the main spoilers for it right so so i will say this just right off the bat like this is not a movie to bring your kids to oh, um the no. theater that i was in ha was packed full of kids and um one of the parents walked out really angry and i i was surprised that they stayed through the whole movie mm -hmm. but um yeah this is not guys if you're a marvel fan and you go watch these with your kids like i would say probably like 12 and 13 and under do not like this is one that's okay to skip um yeah like just just, just remember this is a sam, this is a sam raimi movie so just just remember think it's not in terms of spider-man it's closer to evil dead on a yeah. lot of the stuff like it's stuff that you need to be a little bit more mature to see some of this this is not a kid's thing <laughs> in the least so the comparison that i made to a lot of people is i don't feel like this is a this isn't a marvel movie that is sam raimi flavored I think this is a Sam Raimi movie that is Marvel flavored. Like that I think is this has a really more. good description. Yeah. Um, and for what it was, I liked some of the horror aspects in it. I thought it was really creepy, and mm -hmm. it did that very well. This is a very like, again, adult sort of uh, Marvel movie. But ultimately, like this one didn't stick the landing for me. I think it had a lot of writing issues. Some of the dialogue was just horrible. Um, I've seen mixed opinions on like the CGI and stuff. I didn't think it landed very well. I thought it looked a yeah. little rough, but I know a lot of people actually really enjoyed it. So uh, teach his own. I will say this, wasn't my cup of tea, wasn't my favorite Marvel movie, but if you enjoy it, that's totally valid. Um, it just, it didn't do it for me. I think they, they failed to deliver on some of the promises that we were excited for mm -hmm. and gave us some really, really weird stuff that we did not need or want. Yeah, I'd, I would kind of agree to a certain extent with that. Like, I, was like, I enjoyed it for what it was. Like, I can't, I can't come out of it and say it was a bad movie. Right. Like, I, I enjoyed it, but it's definitely, like, I think within the Phase 4 movies, I think when I did my, my gradings for it, like, I literally, is literally in the middle. It's right. literally in between <laughs> everything, and I'm like, there's some really good stuff in this movie. I thoroughly enjoyed some of it and thought certain stuff was done really well. Um, Definitely the moments, like, 
there are definitely horror elements in this and in those moments you can see Raimi at his, some of his best like some of it is so cool like um, this isn't really a spoiler because it is in the trailers but when you see like a zombie strange right. and the stuff that appears round about that scene and stuff like that it's like that's, those are definitely Sam Raimi like doing some really cool stuff in those moments um, it's done really well there's other stuff where it's like it did not deliver and I saw it before M. Nitro did and I was saying it in beforehand like one of the big things going into this is we thought this was going to be the answer to all the multiversal stuff that's been getting set up previously because we saw setups for that in WandaVision and Loki and Spider-Man and we thought this is going to be the culmination of that and it's like you have to almost let go of that and remember and just think of it as like this is a Doctor Strange movie yeah take the it's a like, Doctor the, Strange the full movie, like... Marvel expanse down to just Strange yeah and I think that helps a little if you view it in that aspect but even then it still didn't fully deliver for me yeah, you know. I think people were expecting this to be sort of like what Civil War was for. Mm. It was a Captain America movie. Oh, sorry, it was a Captain America movie, but it, it it brought in so much more than just a Captain America movie. And I think that's what we thought that this was going to be. And this is like a Doctor Strange movie, like yeah. flat out. Yeah, it's definitely a Doctor Strange movie. Um, they give definitely give time to him. Um, there's a lot of storyline elements that go towards Wanda as well, who obviously is in the right. movie, um, and those are definitely the two of the major focuses in this. Um, so the movie really focuses around those two and the journeys that they are on. Um, it really doesn't go out beyond that, yeah. um, which isn't a bad thing. You know, I think it's it's okay to have stories that are small scale. Again, like we're going to talk about that in Moon Knight today, like with Moon Knight, like Moon Knight's very much like it. it's a story around Moon Knight and his world and what's happening, and it's like that's okay. You know, the big thing now that's an issue is with Marvel. It's very easy once you do something like Endgame that everything is all encompassing, right? And like it's okay to not do that and just do a simple thing again, which they could have done. But I, even then, I think there was a lot of stuff that was missed. Um, I don't want to go deeper than that just because we could easily like go into spoilers and stuff I see chat's already chat's chat, already spoiling chat everything. doesn't care chat I'm not going to say it out <laughs> you know I don't want to say it out loud but chat's already kind of just going into some of the spoiler stuff for that it's like right. you know he was done dirty but it, like it was a pretty cool scene I'm just going to say like seeing it happen yeah. was well done but yeah he was he was done dirty I will agree Um. But yeah, so we're going to be talking about that on the show in a couple of weeks. Um, you can actually go over to the Infinity Bros and check out their podcast. They've talked about Doctor Strange um, and their spoiler cast already for that. So if you want to get some full thoughts from Jarrett and the guys, go over there. It was, so so just a heads up, it is just me and Max. Like, it is full spoilers, and it is me and Max complaining for an hour. Um, I Since then, I've talked to the rest of the bros, and... I would say if you want an opinion that's not me or Max's, because me and Max were maybe harder on the movie than we should have been, um, make sure to talk to Isaac on his stream as well. He has a very different perspective than I do. And I I was actually really, I really enjoyed his perspective on it. So um, check out the episode if you would like, but also go talk to Isaac and, and Mark about their thoughts on this, because they had some really good ones, I think. Yeah, Log's bringing up an interesting point in chat as well. They're like, I desperately want to know what was cut, reshot due to right and um, due to like the times and stuff getting changed for it right. i think i think COVID affected this i think the director swap affected this and i think sort of our expectations of like what phase four was going to give us 
affected this quite a bit. And I think all those things accumulated into um, a delivery that felt maybe not up to par for, for a lot of Marvel fans. That being said, like, if you enjoy this movie, enjoy this movie. Like, take it for what yeah. it is. Well, that's it. If it's something that you're definitely getting something out of, that is perfectly fine. Yeah. If you if this is one of the best movies you've seen, it's like, that's okay. You're allowed to enjoy that stuff, you know. You're allowed to um, take that on board and enjoy it. Like, if you got thought this was a great movie, enjoy it. It's like, but yeah, each their own opinions on it, and I just think it's just, it didn't hold up. Even even if you do take it down to just a simple, like, this is a contained thing to just this character, like, right. all we need to do is look within Phase 4 to something like Shang-Chi, and it's like it was, which was a pretty much self-contained thing, it's like it's, it was done so much better, you know? Oh my gosh, I love Shang-Chi. That's a, that's a really good movie that people stopped talking about way too quickly, in my opinion. It was so good. That's one of those um, that, like... <clears throat> we tend to talk about like our immediate reactions and, and as the infinity bros, we don't really revisit some of the stuff that we talked about, but Shang-Chi is one of those that continues to be good long after I watch it. Mm. And not many things can stick that landing, like the fifth or sixth watch. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I loved it. Oh yeah. Like I, I could quite happily sit and watch that again. And I know I'm going to be in for a good time and it's going to hold up. Yeah. Um, but that does bring up an interesting point though, as we're talking about, and Doctor Strange and the way that Marvel's gone with Phase 4 um, and it kind of ties into Moon Knight a little as well and um, we were talking a little bit before stream about it of online a lot of people are now talking about how Marvel Phase 4 basically doesn't seem to have a plan mm-hmm. it's becoming very clear and apparent to a lot of people that they don't have a plan like whereas like you know, like, earlier Marvel, they obviously didn't have a plan when the MCU first started, at least not a vast one, but very quickly they got a, a plan in place and started working towards an end goal and started building towards the Infinity Stones and the Infinity Gauntlet and fighting Thanos and setting all of that up. Right. But it feels like after Endgame, and then possibly with the whole COVID thing as well, but again, that could for me, that's only so much of an excuse. Yeah. Because you're now, like, we're now like what two years or second year of like movie and tv show releases and it's like it i can start to see what people are saying like it doesn't feel like a plan like doctor strange they're doesn't flying... feel like it ties in as much as it should have yeah it's almost like they're flying the plane with one engine and and like it people were worried that endgame was sort of them jumping the shark and i think to some degree if they don't fix the track that they're on right now it sort of feels like that like everything is just downhill i don't fully agree with that just because like i think loki delivered above expectation i think shang chi delivered above expectation Mm -hmm. so i think there's still gems in this but as far as like the direction of the overall mcu it feels like they have so many different options and and they're trying to pull too many things at once and we talked about this beforehand but like you know yeah it's lacking but that's it though it's like it feels like there's a lot of stuff they're setting up because obviously with Loki they set up Kang and then Kang the Conqueror is going to be appearing in Ant-Man and Wasp that's already been revealed and stuff like that so it felt very much like we're setting up for a multiversal appearance of Kang and this whole new world of Kang as the big bad and going into time travel and multiverses and all that stuff which Kang's a big villain for the Avengers so it made sense to go to someone like that if you're trying to go above and beyond Thanos like yeah, there's only absolutely. so many you can do you can use to top him and Kang is an option they could definitely go but then of course another big one a lot of people were talking about was stuff like Secret Invasion 
mm-hmm. and then they announced a Disney Plus show for that and especially with the way a lot of the Disney Plus shows are going it's kind of the Disney Plus shows it's almost like for a lot of them you're kind of like does this tie into the MCU? I like you know how like when you like, used to watch like the, the Marvel Netflix shows right and we're like okay they're part of the MCU maybe? no not really no kind of not anymore just, and it's like it feels like that because it, it feels like WandaVision was because Wanda comes back and she mentions Westport right. uh, whatever it was I've lost the name of the place she was but um, it's like she mentions where she was what happened in WandaVision and stuff like that during the movie like okay so that ties in they've announced there's going to be a new Captain America movie with Sam Wilson Falcon now is the new Captain America and stuff so okay that ties in Loki does it tie in not no, yet. not really. <laughs> it's kind of it's just it's doing its own thing. And it's like okay, Hawkeye. Okay, that must tie in. He's an Avenger. It must tie in. No, not really. Does it even get in a sequel? No, they're not doing a second season. Okay, Moon Knight. That's a new one. That's a big one. Everyone's hyping us up. Does it tie in? No, not really. And I'm like, is it getting a second season? Well, they set up for it, but nothing's been announced, and Oscar Isaac was technically only signed for one season. Right. And it's like, is he coming back? It's like, mm. having Oscar Isaac up in the air is a big, like. How did you not get him down? How did you not lock yeah. him in for more seasons? How did you not lock him in for Midnight Suns? How did you not lock him in for movie appearances and like, all this stuff? You're setting up stuff like you're doing. Sh- crap like Eternals and setting up Black Knight via that and like setting mm-hmm. up a Blade movie and they're like hey we could tie Moon Knight into all of that now we're just not going to lock him in for any of that and I'm like how stupid are you like seriously yeah like that's potentially be this amazing horror darker sort of like you know movie or show or something and it's like now nah, we're just not going to do that and they, they <laughs> I get Oscar Isaacs into this especially having been burnt by Disney before yeah. and all the mess that he had to deal with with Fox and, and you know being apocalypse for the X-Men and so I get why he's gun shy but if you're Disney and you, you line up something like Moon Knight why do you stop there? Like like negotiate, do what you gotta do to get him locked in because right now they're, they're missing so much on the back <coughs> of like what Phase 4 is yeah. that if you don't have the promise of something to come like, like Moon Knight in the MCU officially what are you doing here? I, I just, I don't know. It's a whole yeah. thing. Uh, good morning, guys. Saying this is an actor thing that they can't do um, like multi-movie contracts anymore, like the yeah. Marvel and stuff. And I'm like, which is fair enough, but even then, though, it's like, you think there'd be some sort of like gentleman's agreement sort of thing, like handshake right. on it of, especially like if you're bringing somebody in, like this is the plan. This is where we're planning yeah. to go. And, like, and it's not like you can't pitch it with like, hey, look what we did with the MCU so far. And like you said, I understand why Oscar Isaac's so gun shy with stuff because, you know, like playing Apocalypse before with the Fox stuff and it like this horrendously awful movie which he was not able to shine at his best in, um, mixed with the fact of like the bad reception for it and all this stuff, then mixed with as well like you know being part of the Star Wars franchise and the sequels where it's basically you know the more the years go on, the more hated it feels like those movies become. And like him being part of that. Hey, do you want to be part of this series? It's you know kind of similar to these things you've done before. I'm like, eh, maybe not. Yeah, and a hero that he probably likely doesn't recognize. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, most people didn't know who Moon Knight was before this was announced. Even a lot of like diehard fans are like, I think he was a West Coast Avengers once. Like, 
So I, I, I understand his trepidation, but yeah. gosh, I, we need him in the MCU. Yeah, we need stuff like this. And I think that's the thing. That's where the MCU really seems to focus um, what it's yeah. doing best right now. Uh, for me personally, is when they're doing something that's different. Like It feels like we've seen all the big superhero action-y stuff. And it's yeah. like, you know, a lot of people, like even this show, hated the fact that, like, oh, we don't see the Moon Knight suit enough. Like, for me personally, for most of this, though, I was kind of enthralled in the story. I enjoyed that it was something different. And right. and by the end of it, I felt like I was connecting with Mark and Steven and feeling like I was on their journey. And, like, they can do so much with stuff like this. And I, just, I feel like they just don't have a plan for it. Like, same as before, like, with Hawkeye. Like, are we going to see Kate Bishop back? No idea. We brought right. Kingpin in for Hawkeye, and it's like, yeah, but is he going to be kingpin of the season? I'm like, you know, of the MCU. Are we more Daredevil? Or are we getting yeah? Yeah, There's like like I, everyone wants to see. It. Like I've always said it since I seen Vincent D'Onofrio's kingpin. I want to see him face Tom Holland Spider Man. And I'm like, are yeah. we going to see it? Oh, Possibly God. not. Like you know, like Charlie Cox appeared as you know Matt Murdock and No Way Home. Like is he going to come back? No idea. It just it feels like all this stuff has been put out there, and there's no. Would you have trained us for like over ten years? That when you do stuff like this, we're going to pay it off somehow. Yeah. To now throwing stuff where it's like we don't even know what the next big thing we're setting up to is. Like, you know, spoilers for Doctor Strange, they do stuff that hints at Secret Wars, mm-hmm. which is like phenomenal. That was an amazing event. Probably one of the last good things that Marvel has done in about the last 20 years that people actually cared about, totally to be completely agree. honest. Yeah. You know what I mean? Where it's like, oh, this could actually be really cool. And it was. Yeah. until they like undid it but that's a whole other talk in the comics um, but you know what I mean there's like okay we're heading towards that but like I thought we were doing Kang in this multiverse thing mm-hmm. oh but we're doing Secret Invasion over there on Disney so is that not going to tie into it like it feels like we're just like kind of giving flashes of stuff and like well if all of these go to pay off then how are you going to pay all of that off without screwing yeah. it up or if you do one of them and we get a payoff for one of them and you do it well it's like well why did you even bother teasing these other things because now the world's different following that event so how can you possibly do what you were going to do yeah you know it's just it feels like they're clutching at straws and it's a weird place to find Marvel following I agree. What... and like this is the, this is the studio that has like you know, we talk about it with with Warner Brothers. We talk about it with Fox. We talk about it with we talk about it with everybody. How like, if you want a template of good world building and good connected universes and having a plan, it's always been Kevin Feige in the MCU. You Absolutely. Know, this was the issue with Star Wars. This is the issue with DC. Yeah. And and to see them floundering like this is like what? Is <coughs> like what? What is going on here? Well, yeah, Feige's always been the man with a plan, and I mean Nitro has been screaming it from the rooftops for years now. That like the DCEU and what they're doing with the DC movies is like they desperately need a Feige. They need someone in charge of that that's got a plan for the next five, ten years that knows what's going to be happening, how it all fits together. But now we're almost at a place where like the MCU needs a Feige. Yeah. The problem <laughs> is they've got one. Like, but why is why is it not fitting together? And I'm like, like I now that they're having a talk about everything and planning stuff out, I've got high hopes for it. But I'm like. You also might have injured yourself slightly, though, with not planning out this stuff. Yeah. You know, this has got the potential to be really bad if it's not, like, if you don't catch up with it properly. You know, and like. People are starting to lose interest. Like, you know, my family, like my parents and my, my sisters and my extended family, you know, they caught the major Marvel releases, uh, hit or miss over time, but, like, 
None of them are watching these TV shows. I think everybody watched WandaVision because everybody was stuck home for the, you know, Everyone was stuck home and we hadn't had a Marvel thing for about a year. So everyone was like, hey, this is the first Marvel thing. Like, let's watch it. And like, but I remember talking to people and people like watched the first two episodes and were like, we're not like invested enough in that first two episode drop to like, oh, why should I watch more? This is really weird. And I'm like, don't get me wrong. I, I loved WandaVision. It was a great payoff for it. I felt like I felt like they built a great world around it. But at the same time, it's like for your average fans, I'm like you're really playing with stuff. And Locke's got an interesting point there as well, saying like, in fairness, we may not see how they fit together yet, which is a definite thing. But you know, and it is early in the face for that. The problem is like it doesn't feel like there's a plan for it, and I feel like after a ten year plus run, when you knew Endgame was your big payoff. And you were planning to capitalize on that. Somebody should have had a plan. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? There's like, because it's like, oh, it's a brand new phase, and it's the almost like a second era of Marvel. Because if you say like the Infinity era is the first one, and like this is like what the multiversal era or whatever, if you want to call it that, it's like the problem is like we didn't have a plan when the MCU started. It's like, well, that's because everyone expected Iron Man to fail. It was a Hail Mary pass when that came out. They had nothing left and put all their eggs in one basket and it just so happened it paid off. Right. We're like 11 years, 12 years deep in phase four at this point and I'm like, there's no excuse to not have a plan when this is your job. Yeah. It's the absolutely. biggest movie franchise in the world, arguably in history because nobody has ever done what Marvel has done. Right. A 20 plus movie franchise that is all connected that is not rebooted that is not changed that is just this is the world and it all fits together and to not have a plan for when you got to endgame because like it's not like you didn't know what was coming yeah that's my (laughs) problem that's my problem with it is like we might not see how it fits together but when he makes an announcement like oh we're going to do i think a plan the next 10 years and i'm like shouldn't that have been happening like shouldn't that have happened like okay I get COVID put stuff off but as soon as COVID was done Zoom call that crap you know what I mean it's like shouldn't that have been happening in 2020 yeah especially when the releases were all pushed off like it it just it makes me worried that like there's not been a plan and it's like they should have they should have had this conversation two years before Endgame released Mm -hmm. you know and just had it like what is the because people knew that they were coming out of Endgame our hype level was through the roof and you just you introduce something new in the Disney Plus series and all this and so why don't you why don't you keep rolling with that like keep the momentum and it feels like right now we're sort of coasting on whatever the fumes from Endgame were and as diehard Marvel fans like we're gonna go watch everything but yeah you lost the casual people along the way who enjoyed what Endgame was Um, you know people did not really watch Hawkeye people did not really watch Moon Knight um, who weren't like invested in these series and so yeah. I'm with you, Cross. It it just feels out of place. Because that's the thing. It feels like you you should have had something in place as a hook for people, right? Because like you're you killed off Black Widow, you killed off Iron Man, Captain America went and had his happy ending and was back with Peggy, right? You all these main characters who people had invested in, and I always said that like Infinity War, like why they you know the newer heroes were the ones that disappeared was because it was the last hurrah for the original Avengers it was their you know it was their swan song 
so it yeah. made sense it made perfect sense for that but the thing is that's who people have invested the last 10 years of their life in so you've got to give them a reason to come back now yeah and some of those to to. some of those absolutely were like Spider-Man No Way Home phenomenal movie yeah. I, I want to see another Spider-Man movie now I want to see what it continues on Shang-Chi I want to see the next Shang-Chi movie I'm desperate to see what they do with that character now you know and it's like but some of them I'm like I, I don't care as much and this is this is like what I do I talk comics I talk superhero movies you know you know and it's like and I get it Logs saying it's like it's not fair they definitely changed plans to the first three phases like I, I definitely feel like it just I've never felt like Marvel was kind of lost with this because like Moon Knight ended on a cliffhanger essentially yeah. where it's like we were setting stuff up where it was clearly setting up for a sequel but Oscar Isaac isn't locked in for a sequel they didn't announce that there's a second season coming there's no like at the end of every property Marvel done that like such and such will return at the end of Loki we got Loki's coming back for a season two you know Loki will return right. and you know some stuff didn't get a sequel season well it makes sense because like why do another Captain America Winter Soldier season when we're doing Captain America 4 why do WandaVision when she's showing up in Doctor Strange and right. you know the, some stuff it doesn't make sense but other stuff it's like well why aren't we getting a Hawkeye season 2 yeah I, I don't understand don't get me wrong they kind of screwed the pooch on that finale for that <laughs> that ruined like a perfect season for me like I loved Hawkeye I thought it was a really good show yeah. Until that finale, and it like it really dropped it for me. And we we talked about that quite a bit, and I've had this conversation with a lot of people because um, I'm I'm hyped for Echo, but if you watch Hawkeye, it's it's hard for people to get hyped for Echo because they really didn't do much with her, and and I feel like that one didn't stick the landing. And so, yeah, man, I don't know. I'm I'm hyped for Echo for a lot of different reasons other than how the series paid off, but. I'm feeling exactly what you're talking about here. Yeah. Now, if Hawkeye was meant to set up Echo, I I agree. I don't think it did a good enough job of that. Um, yeah. And look, just to kind of catch your point there, you saying that's like you know to the degree the part of the problem is they threw out their A list, and I'm like, but that's the thing though. Yeah. Marvel didn't have their A list when they made the movies. Like Iron Man was what they started with. Iron Man is one of their top heroes now he's one of the top heroes in the world everyone knows who Iron Man is if he was a D-lister before 2008 I would be generous nobody gave a toss about Iron Man comics or otherwise Captain America everyone knew him he's pop culture right I the Captain America comics are still a comic I do not pick up and have no interest in and unfortunately a lot of people feel the same you know it's like Thor was a guy that spoke like he was out of a Shakespearean play mm -hmm. like these were not characters that were selling comics that's why Marvel still owned them yeah and then even if you want to talk like that like they didn't have their A-listers but they made them A-listers even if you want to talk about other characters Ant-Man who gives a toss about Ant-Man they made an amazing comedy series out of Ant-Man Guardians of the Galaxy was one of their most successful movies when it dropped in 2014. See, if you could would have told me that, looking at the comic history of Guardians of the Galaxy, no one would have believed you. Absolutely not. So the fact of like them setting up stuff that's to come, like who's Shang-Chi? Shang-Chi is a martial artist in the Marvel Universe that nobody cares about and nobody reads. 
every single person I talked to before that movie came out, they're like, I know Shang-Chi from Spider Island, um, Avengers versus X-Men, and that's about it. You know yeah. what I mean? Like couple of crossover stuff where he showed yeah. up. You've probably right. seen him if you happen to be an avid Iron Fist reader. Right. Because he showed up a few times in crossover with Iron Fist, but like that's it. Mm-hmm. You know, but that's my thing is like if you're going to then come into a new world where you've gotten those A listers gone, there is no reason that Marvel could not set up to try and create more big names. Yeah. More new A listers, more people to invest in. That's, that's the thing. So, so an interesting point to that is like I've been a Moon Knight fan my whole life. Never in a million years would I be like, this guy's going to be a household name. People are going to have t-shirts of him. My mom's going to know who Moon Knight is. Mm-hmm. And we're sort of there. My kids, I, so I wore this shirt to work, and my kids knew who Kanchu and Moon Knight were. Which, can I just and say, I was, by the way, that is a phenomenal shirt. I, I love, love that, shirt. that shirt so much. It is so cool. But, you know, Marvel is doing this where they're taking these, you know, comic book names and making them household names. They're not doing as well of a job currently, but, like, they have the ability to do that. We've seen that. Iron Man, again, was like, you know, he, he was sort of big in the comics, but not really Ant-Man. They went through like four different Ant-Men. Um, I think the one that was current Ant-Man at the time that that dropped was the irredeemable Ant-Man. Yeah. Like, Screw that completely. <laughs> but um, they really delivered on that. And so we want to just see that going forward where they deliver these, you know, create A-listers out of people we don't know. And they did that with Shang-Chi. But I don't know. You're hitting a lot of things here, Cross, that I agree with. Yeah. And, like, and don't get me wrong. I... And I say all this stuff just as an assessment now from where we are, like to yeah. some of the points that are coming up in chat and stuff. I will hold my hands up and I am quite happy to be proven, she be proven wrong on everything. I hope we eat our words. In Absolutely. fact, I hopefully am. I hope I yeah. am wrong. I hope there is a set plan for this stuff. I hope they know where they're going with a lot of this stuff. And I hope it's not just been throwing stuff at the wall. Yeah. The thing is, only time will tell. So. I'm, I'm quite happy to watch Phase 4, 5, and 6. I'm going to watch them anyway. I'm a diehard comic fan. I'm a diehard Marvel fan. I will go and watch this stuff. Even the most awful stuff I will watch. Hell, I try to make it through as much of the Inhumans TV show as I could. That's how much of a Marvel fan I am. <laughs> oh, buddy, that's rough. Like, I didn't finish it. Don't get me wrong. I didn't yeah. finish the show. I'm like, go to like episode 4 and I'm like, why the hell am I watching this show about superpower people without superpowers running about Hawaii this, there's nothing happening I no I'm done it seems <laughs> awful goodness it really was <laughs> like you want to see you, I will never complain about how awful a Marvel property is yeah whenever I'm reminded of the Inhuman show and I'm like yep that's the bottom of the battle <laughs> yeah. it really is and that was, an, that was an official MCU property that was going to be a movie at one point I know it's like Gosh. Yeah, we dodged a bullet in that one. But anyway, so that's kind of our short chat for phase four a little bit. So I want to now transition properly delving into Moon Knight, properly delving into the show. <laughs> Don't mention that across, it still hurts from yeah. ads here. <laughs> yeah, trust me, it hurts me as well. <laughs> Get it. <clears throat> um, uh, I saw that shirt yesterday Snippy and Moon Knight and Woodstock was gone, shoe. That's cool. I love that. That's, oh, that's awesome. Fantastic. I love the fact that all this Moon Knight stuff is now appearing with all this crossover stuff. It's so cool. Um, so yeah, so this is going to be this is going to be full spoilers for Moon Knight. This is what you're all probably here for. But just in case someone has wandered in, we are going to spoil the show. 
we are going to spoil what happened in the whole six episodes. If you have not seen it, go and watch it. It's all on Disney+. Plus. Go check it all out and then come back and catch this. This will be up on YouTube and up wherever you get podcasts from um, during this week. So come back and finish it out later. Absolutely. But we are going to go into full spoilers for Moon Knight. So you are warned. Um, so as the resident Moon Knight fan um, and Moon Knight from the comics, what is your take on the series now that it's finished, the six episodes are done? Um what did you think of it? What did you think of the direction it went? And how does it compare to what Moon Knight's like in the comics? Is it similar? Is it different? And if there's a difference, is that a good or a bad thing? Because not all changes yeah, so, are necessarily bad. Yeah, so this one was interesting. We we I wrestled with this one a lot, quite a bit. In fact, the whole series, I, I love the series, but there was a bit in the middle where it's sort of like, I wasn't sure how I was landing on it. Um, ultimately I think it it sort of stuck the landing we'll talk about the finale and um, some of the stuff that happened there but I thoroughly enjoyed this I, I would say that this is still like a five and a half out of six for me maybe a six out of six um, it is different in a lot of ways that matter right so like Moon Knight is this sort of like unhinged almost like a Punisher-esque character in the, in the comics like he has no qualms about killing people uh, he will brutally and, and, and relentlessly pursue his prey. Um, he's famous in the comics for being unhinged and carving moons into people's foreheads when he catches his villains. I mean, this dude is like... And they softened him up for Disney+, Plus, which I think is important, right? Like, I think you can't have him... Like, uh, one of my favorite Moon Knight <coughs> of all time is one of the new ones, actually. It, it ties into um, Devil's Reign. And he full on like gouges out a dude's eyeballs with his thumbs. You cannot do that on Disney Plus. Like that would not. Yeah, work. you're not gonna get away with that on Disney Plus show. And so imagining like imagining Stephen Grant doing that. Uh, imagine taking you know MCU Stephen Grant and putting him in the comics would not fit. It, it does not fly at all. And vice versa, if you take comic book Stephen Grant or comic book Mister Knight, who like beats people to death with a baseball bat it just doesn't work and so it is different but i think it's different in the way that matters i, I think this is one of the ones that actually like stuck the landing as far as what they changed from the comic books mm -hmm. do i wish there was a world where we would get a daredevil-esque moon knight yeah dude if we got that series sign me up but i think what they delivered to us is still cool in its own way um, I have to sort of divorce it from the Moon Knight character that I love and enjoy from the comic books. But ultimately, like, they delivered on some things that I really enjoy. And I think it was way more emotional than I expected. Yeah. I thought this was going to be, like, knockdown, drag-out fights and all of this. And, and they really touched on, like, the humanity of Steven and Mark and, and ultimately Jake. But we haven't gotten there yet. But Yeah. yeah. But I think that was a... I think... Yeah, I think you're kind of hitting the nail on the head with that. I was expecting a very Daredevil-esque kind of, like, yeah. you know, like Marvel Knights-esque, darker show. But I think the big thing was it wasn't really a Moon Knight show as it was a Mark Spector, Stephen Grant show. Yeah, absolutely. It was very much around them. And I don't say that as a necessarily bad thing. I know a lot of people were like, oh, I want to see more of the suit. And I'm like... For me personally, and this is speaking as a superhero fan, like we've seen enough suit shows to a certain degree. Like, and it's not like we didn't get enough Moon Knight. Like we got some really cool Moon Knight. Like when he fought, like he was the fight scenes were well choreographed. It was, and brutal. Yeah. It was good. Yeah, sure. Um 
but I think it was really interesting like you said like in the comics he's very gritty very like he's got no qualms about beating the crap out of people and killing people mm-hmm. and any incarnation of him whether it's you know like you said whether it's Moon Knight whether it's Mr. Knight whether it's you know Stephen or Mark or Jake especially you know but I thought it was really interesting for them to basically put that all of that into Jake yeah. who they ended up hinting at at the end when we finally got to see him but these little like blackouts where it was like it wasn't Mark and it wasn't Stephen and you know all of us who knew that it was like Jake was a third personality were waiting for that reveal but putting that in him and like him who Jake doesn't have qualms about doing that and yeah. then juxtaposing that with Mark who does it because he feels he has to mm-hmm. but doesn't necessarily enjoy it and then yeah. even taking it even further away and like and we start off the show from the perspective of Stephen who's a complete pacifist who doesn't do yeah. anything like that and it's he's like, a vegan he doesn't yeah like like he is a bit as far awful, away from that as you could get and it was like yeah. and I actually really enjoyed that because it made me connect with the characters of like they were all very different from each other but yet you felt for them like obviously not Jake because we didn't see him during the show we didn't we don't know anything about him he only appears in that end credit scene mm-hmm. but for Mark and Stephen like I was completely invested in their journey in this show yeah I like Absolutely. I thought it was really smart that we started with Stephen yeah and we followed his journey of him and him being the ride-along character even though he's the main hero because usually the ride along character someone that joins the hero and is exposed to this world but it was really interesting having that be the the hero yeah who doesn't know what's going on (laughs) you know it's like but i thought i thought it was done very well like i enjoyed it i enjoyed the emotional beats of it the story i loved how they spaced out like learning about steven and then learning about mark's story and how they connected and you know I think it was like it wasn't until like episode five we found Mark's full backstory and how he became Moon Knight and all this stuff and you know I think that's I think they done it very well I I yeah. thoroughly enjoyed the road they took with it and I think kind of like as I said probably because it was so different mm-hmm. you know it was a different take on it I think uh, it landed well because of the changes that they made especially on Disney Plus like. I think if they tried to do a Daredevil-esque series on Disney Plus, but didn't, because they can't deliver the action. I don't know what Disney Plus's rules are about this, but they couldn't give us like a mature fight scene. And yeah. So I think the fact that they changed the focus to be about Steve and their emotional journey, I think that plays off better on Disney Plus because you can't do like, you couldn't do Daredevil. It it just wouldn't work on Disney yeah. Plus. They can't show that sort of visceral. I'd like, um, I'd like to hope if they do a season 2 we could see it now that like Disney yeah. Plus has got that new mature rating for it because they've added like the Netflix shows right. like have all transferred over so there's a possibility for that I'd love to see if we can use Moon season Knight as a bridge two, gap into yeah. season 2 for that I, I doubt it but I'd love to see it you know uh, oh sorry go ahead yeah I was just about to catch that as well there um, Ads is saying it's like if you had to pick one suit would you pick Mark's or Steven's so Moon so, Knight or Mr. Knight suit uh, LJ thinks he knows qualms. what your answer is <laughs> yeah I, I had my qualms about the Mr. Knight suit um, I don't I know everybody loves this but I don't like the weird stitching on his face yeah. with the Mr. Knight suit and <clears throat> the Mr. Knight suit I wanted it to be like if you've read Lemire's comics um, there is he his Moon Knight suit or his Mr. Knight suit 
always starts out nice and clean and tailored. And as soon as he enters the fray, he pulls off his jacket, rolls up his sleeve. And there's the one where he's just like beating dudes with, and that they tease that in the posters. And I was like, that's it. That's the one. Well, you did like um, they did that in like one scene. He took the jacket off and rolled it yeah. off. Yeah. And I'm like, come on. So, and then, it, so, and then, then still got his ass kicked as well after he did that. Yeah. Yes. Um, so as far as the MCU, I think the Moon Knight suit looks way better. In the comics, I have two answers. The first one is um, it's in the middle of um, Dark Reign, or, or maybe it's the Initiative. He has an adamantium power armor suit. That one is dope. And then the second one is, um, I believe it's in Lemire and Smallwood as well. I could be wrong. He has a bone armor suit, and mm. it's in like one or two issues, but that is my favorite Moon Knight suit of all time is his bone armor suit. I think it looks cool. It's like a samurai, and then he has Khonshu's mask. Oh, it is oh yeah, yeah. I think I've seen pictures of that one. That's I'll, a have, cool to, I'll have to like, drop pictures in Twitter or something. But yeah, yeah absolutely. That's, that's my pick, are those two suits. Yeah. I think they did well with the suits in the show, to be fair. like I think the Moon Knight oh, yeah, suit yeah. itself was cool. I loved the mummy effect. Yeah. Of like it was wrapping him in bandages as if he was like this mummy or pharaoh that was getting called into fight. And I'm like, I thought that was a really cool design to the suit. Uh, even, the, even the Mr. Knight one, like. I'm not going to lie, I love the Mr. Knight suit. Like that suit looks sharp. Yeah. I like, still the, agree with the, that. The, the stitching on the mask is a bit weird, but like the actual suit itself, and I'm like, that is slick. Like I, I would wear absolutely. that suit. Absolutely. It looks yeah. so cool. And like, you see, the first time that appears, I'm not going to lie, that superhero landing. When like he falls out the window and like hits the bar and then all of a sudden boom yeah. and he lands into the suit like oh that was so cool and he sort of wobbles and falls oh, gosh it was yeah so it's like he lands and like that's so cool and then Stephen falls over and it's like okay it's still Stephen yeah it's still Stephen in there and then of course Bart's right. reaction like what the hell are we wearing so yeah she said put on the suit like not the actual not an actual suit and like and I love that it just stays though that just becomes Stephen's suit and like and it makes sense because like it's a good way to alternate between them. Um, and I thought they did a really good job though later on in the show when they done like the changes even during the final fight and the finale like where they changed between Mr. Knight and Moon Knight suits cool um, yes I Colonel Sanders <laughs> good morning yeah. guys putting in there yeah. but, like, I'm interested to see what the what the suit is that they go for Jake Jake's well that's suit. what I was wondering like yeah. is that going to be different again is it because like obviously they've set up that Mark's is Moon Knight suit and Steven's Mister Knight so is like is Jake going to end up in a different suit? So I think the the two theories that I've seen is one the bone armor suit which I think that one's not familiar enough to people unless they read the comics and even then like it rarely appears so I don't know if they're gonna go with that one. The other one I've seen is his sort of like modern suit that he has where it's like almost looks like motorcycle armor and it has, it stops like right mm. here with the breastplate. I think that's the one that they're going to go with. It looks a little more like sporty and, and almost athletic than the other ones. But yeah. we'll see. I feel like the bone suit feels like it's up Jake's alley just because he is that little bit more brutal. I would uh, love the, man, if they give us the bone suit, I'm going to lose my mind. I wonder if it was just going to be like, I don't know what suit it is from the run, but I've seen the pictures of like Midnight where it's like the black and white suit. So like it's like, okay, so like black that mask is... And... Yeah, so that is um, that is the Hunter's Moon. If you read Jed McKay's current run, which, by the way, phenomenal Jed McKay is killing it. Um, that is that's not Moon Knight. That's um, the Hunter Moon, which is a different character. Uh, ah. We'll read it because I don't want to spoil it. He's a very interesting character, but that's yeah, that one's not actually Moon Knight. 
Oh, okay. So I seen that whoever was posting that was posting crap because yeah. they were posting that as a midnight thing. Um, and I wondered with that, just because like Jake seems to be very like Marquesque in his midnight fight, so yeah. I wondered if they would just oh, yeah. if they would do that and like just change the color a little bit, just as a kind of like slight variation. This is the thing that's cracking me up too, and and I know like MCU fans and Marvel fans have been experiencing this for years, but it's so funny going on TikTok and like suddenly everybody is a Moon Knight expert. And it's like, they say some wild and crazy things and it's like, you just Googled this. You spent five minutes Googling this, reading a Wikipedia, and you're like, I know exactly what this is. Um, and it, it, it just absolutely cracks me up, some of the theories that people have based off of five minutes and a Google. Um, but no, it's, it's kind of, it's wild. But yeah, it's like this, the, yeah, it's going to be interesting to see what direction they go with some of this stuff. Um, mm -hmm. all right, I do want to kind of take the turn to go into more of the... Uh, stuff with uh, Stephen and Mark because that is the main focus yes. of the story. Um, let's start off first of all, just like talking about Stephen in general as he is a ride along character. What did you think of the take on Stephen Grant? How does that compare to him in the comics? Because obviously Stephen Grant in the comics is a bit different than we get him in the MCU. So, so Stephen, for those of you that don't read the comics, Stephen is like he's like a Bruce Wayne, right? He's this billionaire. He's wealthy. He's a playboy. You know he's confident and all this and so when they started out steven as like the steven that we got in the tv series i was like what the heck and i was originally very upset and then it started delivered as it went on um especially episode two they made him so like slapstick goofy and i think they landed the plane at the end with steven i think that we got these nice emotional beats but i was so thrown for a loop with this like almost looney tune-esque character that they had of him um and, and if you go back and listen to our podcast episodes, I talked about this. I was really concerned with the direction that they had for him. I think it paid off in the end, but I was expecting like a Bruce Wayne, like confident, swaggery, like this dude has all the money, all the power. And um, yeah, he had yeah, none I, of that in the show, not even not, a little. Like, literally nothing. He had. He didn't have. <coughs> uh, he lived in. You know, he had this like dopey British accent. Um, but I kind of loved it. He was very endearing in the end, and I think uh, I, that was the biggest surprise for me. I think that was the thing with Steven. It's like he he did come across like I don't know, like I don't know the comics version and stuff like that. But yeah, Oscar Isaac is Stephen Grant, which is oh my god, so likable and so lovable. Like he was this goofball that was thrown into this stuff. He is not a a brave and courageous man. He is very calm, very meek, very mild, very not part of this. Doesn't ruffle any feathers and a crappy job he hates you know all this stuff and then like and then all of a sudden it's like thrown into this world and it's like but at the same time like all we could do is feel heart sorry for him and like completely get into his corner like an underdog like as he tried to throw himself into this and then he had this amazing character arc is like by the end like even like once they both like get killed and are yeah. on like the you know the boat getting taken to the the afterlife and stuff like that is like he starts to like come out in his own and like and like wait a minute you you've got this fight and like but if you've got it that means so do i i can yeah. do this too if you can do it and we start to see that other edge of steven coming out even to the point in episode five sacrificing himself to save mark yeah. and it looks like he's killed himself and thrown himself into the sands and to do art you know I, I want to touch on this because you brought it up and, and it is like a very short part of the series, but it's one that kind of, it's, it's probably my biggest gripe of the entire series 
is we get that emotional beat with Steven where he sacrifices himself for the team. You know, he's left there on Duat. And you think that, like, you're going to sort of sit in that for a while. Like, we, we kind of knew he was going to come back, but we weren't yeah. sure how. Immediately the next episode, within, like, two minutes, they're like, all right, we saved him. We're good. Let's move on. And I'm like, man, that was such, like, an emotional sacrifice. And you didn't let us live in it for more I... than, like, two minutes. See, I feel like that was a whole issue with the finale as well. Is like I feel like it could have done with at least another episode. I fully agree. Yeah. At least another episode because it felt like we we shouldn't have came out of the duo and we shouldn't have gotten Steven properly back until like midway to the end of episode six. And then episode yeah. seven be the fight with Harrow and that finale and that big, you know, ending to it because it was that emotional beat of Steven is gone and you're like but at the same time you're like you know like you said he's probably going to come back don't know how they're going to pull it off and I'm like but there's also that bit of like is he though yeah like what's going to happen with that and and don't so get me wrong theory... I, I love the Mark bit though like of him coming out of the field to read like I, I can't stay here yeah I can't just abandon him to the sands like I need to save him like this connection between the two of them we got at that point but it, it, was it, cool emotion, it was just very rushed, I felt. So my theory, and, and I talked about this on the episode, I thought that it was going to be one of those things. I thought we were going to get the Jake Lockley reveal earlier. I didn't think we were going to get it in a post credit scene. Mm -hmm. I thought we were going to have a moment where, you know, Mark finally gets his hands on Haro. Jake Lockley takes over and he's about to kill him. And I thought that's the moment we get Steve, right? Steve is still in there. He stops him from you know plunging in the dagger or whatever it is yeah and to me i was like man that would have landed a lot better than like you know we haro dies anyways you know spoilers but like he still dies which they have to kill off another good villain yeah because and, um, that's of course what they have to do it's like oh gosh and then we which i hate because he was a phenomenal villain and i would have loved to see him come back in some capacity like shout out to ethan hogg and oscar isaac oh by the gosh. way the two of them stole the show completely they killed it and and that's the thing too is like Ethan Hawke was phenomenal, and I wanted to see him portray like a mentally fractured Haro. Like I wanted to see him as a broken man, and like what that looks like as a villain. How I'd love to have seen, because that would have been almost a moment of like him having that duplicity that Oscar Isaac was showing. Yeah, because yeah. you would have had in season two, you could have had Haro playing off of Amit, who is now inside of him. So like right. he is literally the avatar for this god now. She is in him. Yeah. And like her being encased in there and what that would mean and like and that'd be a whole new thing to discover and I'm like, no, I'm just gonna shoot him. He's gone. I'll see you. It's like, okay, like don't get me wrong, I get he was like created for the show and stuff, but like, you can still have him stick around for a little while. You know, you can still keep him, but no, we're not gonna do that. We we can't do they that. They needed like they needed a way to show that Jake was the one behind all the murders. I think there was a better way to do it than that. Steve, um, sorry, not Stephen. Jake should have been revealed in yeah, the final fight. Yeah. At the very least, like the 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 setups were all there, and that final time that he blacks out and then Harrow's down, and that's the end of the fight. Yeah. That's when we should have seen it. We should have seen what he did, and I think I can almost kind of forgive that because if they start season two. Like the first yeah. episode of that is like the story of Jake and seeing all the stuff we've seen already but from Jake's right. perspective well and that's what we said too is like Layla Layla watches all this happen because she even makes a comment like oh my gosh was that you give it give us that scene from her point of view 
Like yeah. they should have shown us everything that happened, but like removed and and in bits and flashes from what Layla sees. I don't know, man. I I love this series, but the finale was yeah. We should have seen Jake taking him down because I think that was that was the moment in the finale they lost me. Was everything was like I was it was even fine like. I, I can even look over like you know like Mark goes to get Steven and can run across to do that and get him yeah like for however far he runs before the sands take him even though Steven was taken instantly he can just run across the, the sand yeah no one I, bothers him there's no zombies I can let I can let that go Towerette being the thing that lets them get to the door even though like you know still nothing attacking them I, yeah. I can let most of it go but the moment when he's fighting Harrow he's having this big fight switching between Moon Knight and Mr. Knight this fantastic like choreographed fight between them we've got Layla now as the Scarlet Scarab you know joining the fight which I thought was really cool thought she was a really that good addition fantastic yeah absolutely her in that costume looked phenomenal it was a really great thing to add her in there I thought okay this is setting up and the main defeat of your villain happens off camera yeah it felt cheap and I felt lost and i like the only way to redeem that is if in the se- episode 1 of season 2 we get to see it and focus yeah. on Jake and who he is and what he's doing and that's the only way they can partially save it at the same time I think it's kind of been lost now yeah that should have been the moment we got to meet Jake. Even if we didn't hear his name, even if we didn't anything, that was the moment of like, this is definitely the third personality. Um, and we, and it's not like there were, we we talked about how like they had to soften some things for the MCU, mm-hmm. but that that fight scene with the zombie shows me that they could have, a, you know, they could add something in there, right? If they can get away yeah. with that zombie like trying to impale her with a bone, shows me that like. They could have shown more, and they didn't. And yeah, absolutely. They could have gotten away with a lot in that fight scene and still kept it, you know, like PG, PG thirteen in the MCU right. range. Like they still easily, like because it's, it's not, it's not like we didn't see like a bloodied Harrow at the end of it. He's yeah. lying there with blood all over his face, so it's not like we don't right. understand something happened. You know, it's yeah. like it's this weird thing of like just not showing it, and I'm like, I I felt a bit cheapened out by that. I'm with you, fully uh, agree. Uh, maybe Jake shoots a side of his head to show how willing he is to do it. See, I could maybe see that ads, but like I doubt it highly because the whole thing with Jake is he's basically a nut job. Like he doesn't care. He's just we'll pull the trigger. Yeah, he will yeah, kill. Yeah. Yeah, he has got yeah. no qualms about it. Like, where does Mark will do it? And this version of Mark is very apprehensive, but militaristic almost. At it, like I'm a soldier, so I follow orders, even if I don't like it. Jake yeah. just doesn't care. Yeah, <laughs> Jake, Jake just does not give a toss. Like, <laughs> yeah, uh, I love that. And and for those of you who are interested in these characters, not from the MCU, but to see like the comic book perspectives behind mm-hmm. them, like. I compare it to Batman. Batman we know and love, and Batman we have like an understanding of who he is. But he's an interesting character in that I, I feel like every person who writes him gives a different flavor of Batman. Mm-hmm. He's always like the core tenets of who Batman is is relatively the same, but we do get these different versions. But if you're if you're interested in reading Moon Knight comics, understand it from that perspective. Like there are things that are true about Moon Knight that are true across the board, but each and every writer that you have and I think they always attribute it to his like multiple identities, but 
he's different from writer to writer. And so go, go read these comic books and you'll find some versions that are closer to the MCU versions and some that are like drastically different. Um, and, and check them out. Like I always encourage you, read these comic books and see where yeah. these stories come from. Absolutely. Like there's some phenomenal comics out there on these characters that deserve to be checked out. You know, it's like in... And that's the thing, Moon Knight's one of those characters, like you get different flavors and characters depending who's writing them. Moon Knight's probably one of the few characters where that actually benefits because he has got such a fractured psyche and all these different personalities and it actually adds to that. Like he's a bit different. Like, well, why is he different? Well, he's kind of nuts. You know, it's like he's literally gone. He's literally gone. Like he's got all these personalities and they're all off in some way. It's probably my least favorite Moon Knight series of all time, but it does something interesting. Is um, uh, Bendis's run? It's Brian Michael Bendis and uh, Malieve, I think. Um, and he, rather than like the different aspects <coughs> of his personality and the different like Moon Knight versions that live in his head, it's different Avengers. So he has Spider-Man, Wolverine, and who's the third? Oh, Captain America. It's a horrible comic, but it's very interesting what they do with him. And so, yeah, go. he's wild in the comics. Go read some of them. Yeah, definitely worth checking some of them out, I think. Glad I read some comics before the show. It gave me... This is LJ. Gave me so much context, even though I saw things... Oh, even I saw things I recognized, too. I geeked out about the limo. The Spectre limo at the end was phenomenal. I love that. Yeah. Um, if I can give you guys any recommendations, it would be Lemire's run, Lemire and Smallwood, and... Um, Warren Ellis and Jed McKay. The Jed McKay run that is currently going on, especially the one that ties in with Devil's Reign. Mm. Six out of six, that. It's phenomenal. Um, go read comic books, guys. Yeah, 100%. The shows are fantastic. Go read comic books. And Cross has talked about it. Um, I will always recommend watching or reading the comic books before watching the shows. But yeah, absolutely. I understand that's not everybody's cup of tea. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. Like we'll always recommend that for any show, especially like you know before we check out mostly the indie stuff. Like definitely check out the comics and for the heroes. Like that's the great thing about this is like even if you've seen the MCU show, go check out the comics because Marvel characters change so much like between writers like we talked about. Like oh, different. It doesn't necessarily always tie into the comics anyway, so it's not like you're going to miss anything or spoil anything or have not caught something. I'm like, go check them out. You know some of these writers like. Even just like that, Lemire, like, writing Moon Knight, like, one of my favourite writers, 100%, that's a pick-up for me. Yeah. I just need to know the, who the writer is and who's doing work on it, and I'm like, yeah, that's worth at least looking at. That's the funny thing is, I actually like Brian Michael Bendis, but that is the worst Moon Knight comic <sighs> of all time. It depends what he writes for me. Like, Bendis can yeah. be... Bendis can do amazing stuff, but he can also do horrible stuff. Like he's have, yeah. there's no middle ground for Brian Michael Bendis for me. It's either <laughs> really good or awful. Yeah, you know, it's like he's written some of the best hero stories. Like he's written stuff like you know his Daredevil, his Ultimate Spider Man. Like he's had some amazing yeah. stuff, but he's also sure. written some of the worst events in Marvel history. Yeah. At the same time, it's like yeah. it's completely hit or miss. There's no gray area for Bendis yeah. for me. Yeah. And like it's just it's one of those things. He's just one of those writers. Like he either guess it perfect or is no this is bad yeah, or doesn't understand the assignment at all. <laughs> no yeah i always feel like he does better with like street level characters which is really weird you say like it, the moon knight didn't land for you because that's usually what he does good with is like street level oh, heroes is what he's usually good at 
it's it's it it has moments it has really really funny moments um and and lj was talking about one of them uh there is a bit where like he dresses up as spider-man to infiltrate this strip club and there's like a whole funny thing that plays out with there but overall that arc is just it's so bad it's garbage i that's one that i recommend just skip it like you don't need to know the stuff they explain it in the other comics anyways um even ellis ellis has i think it's ellis the the second half of his run um gets like weirdly ethereal and he talks about like i I don't know it's just the first half of that is phenomenal the second half gets weird see ellis is like a is a weird choice to even write midnight for me oh for real because ellis is like a a cosmic guy yeah like he usually does space stuff and like the cosmos and these big entities so having to write something like moon knight seems completely out of his comfort zone and I like it, it just seems like a really weird choice. <laughs> I like it. There is um Hawkeye it does I'm trying to remember if that's Ellis or if it's um Lemire. Okay. I have to tell you, this is my favorite story of comic books of all time. It's it's tangentially related, but it's more Hawkeye than it is everything else. Hey, go for it, man. We're we're here so, for rants. We're here for good rants. So, uh, Jeff Lemire is one of my favorite writers of all time. He does a phenomenal job with all of his comics. And he did a Moon Knight run that I love, but he also did a Hawkeye run that I love. And the weird thing about his Hawkeye run, and this is uh, this is confirmed a true story, so they were pitching who would take over after Fraction. And they they started talking about this, and apparently, I'm trying to remember who was the, the Marvel like head at the time. I think it was Alonzo, Axel Alonzo and was dozing off during this meeting and didn't know what was going on and all he heard was somebody asked who should we get for hawkeye who likes hawkeye and because he was half awake he didn't hear hawkeye he heard hockey and so he just immediately spit out the top like canadian writers that he knew um and that's how that's how jeff lemire got um got hawkeye is because he thought that they were talking about hockey and it's just to me, that just cracks me up because he ended up delivering. I thought it was a fantastic run. Yeah, like he's a phenomenal writer. Like, yeah, yeah. you could literally give him anything, and I would happily read it. Like, yeah. Jeff Lemire's like a, a phenomenal writer. Like, he's one of my favorites, and like I've not seen anything like he, anything he touches for me usually turns to gold. Yeah, like he can pull it off. But like that's phenomenal that he got handed that on a sheer like sleeping editor that wasn't paying attention. That's phenomenal. Wasn't paying attention, thought they were talking about hockey, and he's like, you know, he's Canadian. Love it. Love it. That's amazing. Yeah, read comics so you can find these guys because Ellis Meyer, fantastic. Um, Again, Bendis is hit or miss. Um, Doug Munch, who did the original Moon Knight run, is fantastic. That man had his fingers and everything. Yeah, um, that's it. That's the thing. Like, if you go back far enough in a character history, you usually find that they've got some real gold in them, and some phenomenal writers have picked yeah. up pens for them. And and you usually end up there's always something. Like every character's got somebody that's done a run on them that's worth checking out. Absolutely. And um, so we kind of talked a little bit about the finale, but I want to talk about kind of like what's probably the biggest part of this. Um this show and it's kind of the emotional punch of it and it's, it's really Mark's story. Yeah. Um, it kind of gets hinted at early and I'll touch into some other stuff with like him and Layla and then like him like running from her and stuff with all this history but we get a really a really heartbreaking like grounding backstory for him that is just 
it was a rough watch but it was a powerful watch yeah absolutely because we you know and it's really funny because like I think coming into it as like a comic book fan like you and I probably both knew like well Mark Spector's like the main guy right the others are the other personalities but I'm curious for anyone who didn't know Moon Knight that thought kind of like Stephen did himself that Stephen was the main personality and like right. Mark was the alternative right because this was interesting yeah and, and you know a lot of people thought that that like I watched this with people who hadn't seen hadn't read the comic books and weren't even like big Marvel fans and that was the question I got is like well who's this Mark guy and I thought that was interesting because we knew That's from our cool. perspectives that like Mark was the Mark is Moon Knight and Steve was the alternate personality and so mm -hmm. yeah like confirmed exactly what you're talking about and that that's one of those things that I always wish as a comic book fan for some of these IPs I wish I could experience them once without the knowledge that I have and yeah it's like those, that perspective is like yeah because there's really cool payoffs like that like in episode 5 because mm -hmm. like episode 4 end of episode 4 they're searching for a met, like they found a met's tomb. Because that's for anyone who doesn't know, which I'm assuming you all do at this point. We've been talking for like thirty minutes and not explained the actual night <laughs> plot or anything. Sure. And um, but the whole thing is like you know the Egyptian gods are real, which not a shocker, but in a world where Thor exists, so right. And um, the Egyptian gods are real. They suck. They're really awful at the what worst. they do. Not even like they're <laughs> yeah. just bad gods. Like they just like literally are lazy ass gods that refuse to do yeah. anything, as we find later in the show. And they end up with um, avatars to do their bidding. Mark, Stephen, Jake is the avatar for Conchu, God of the Moon, that's why he's Moon Knight. Um, but the big villain for this, created for this, is Haro, who right. is the avatar for Amit, which, FYI, I 100% thought in the finale he was going to get killed by Amit. Yeah. I 100% was waiting for it because she never appointed him as an avatar. He appointed himself and took her first right. avatar's cane and her the power with that. And I thought he was going to like dedicate his life to this and then like get killed. Didn't happen. Sweet. <laughs> but that's literally where I thought that was going. But it ended up not happening. Um, and his whole thing is bringing back Amit, who's been trapped in the little statues that a lot of the gods have been trapped in. Apparently, this has happened to a lot of the Egyptian gods because there's a lot of them. And these yeah. little statues that we find later on when we go inside the pyramid. Um, but yeah, so to get this, they have to find the tomb where it's buried and it ends up being revealed as one of the ancient pharaohs, Alexander the Great, which I thought was a really cool little call to cool the rebuild. Egyptian yeah. history that that was her previous avatar. Okay, that's cool. Mm -hmm. And completely fits. Yeah. If you look at the history of Alexander the Great and what Amet's thing is about, like punishing people before they do the wrong thing, and like, like yeah, that fits really well. Actually, that's a really cool kind of get. Um, but he finds it. Uh, Mark finds it. Um, Harold comes in to get it and kills him. Like legitimately kills him, shoots him. At this point, Conchu's been entrapped, so they don't have any powers. They can't heal. They end up in the afterlife and on the. I can't even remember the name of the ship that's going to the taking it to the field of reeds and is like judging their hearts. So the whole thing is that the scales aren't weighing, and to get the scales to weigh in balance so that they can enter the field of reeds, basically they have to work through their previous stuff, so right. ongoing stuff, and try and balance the scales. So to do that, Mark basically has to start 
talking to Stephen and opening up something he has like full blown refused to do. Right. Um, so we start getting a bit of his backstory, which I love the juxtaposition of telling the backstory and then him like flashing to this safe space, which is like this mental hospital. Right. Where like Harrow or a version of Harrow is like his therapist and stuff. And like, because even hint at it, like, this, like we create this mental space to be safe. Right. And it's this version of Harrow that tells him that. And it's like, and I actually know this is the safe space so he doesn't have to confront any of this. I thought it was really cool juxtaposition with that. Yeah. Um, but we basically find this whole backstory of Mark, which when they were kids, he had a little brother, and they went to go and play, and ended up playing in a cave down by the waterfront. And but as they went deeper into the cave, the tide started coming in, it flooded, and Mark made it out, and his brother didn't. Right. His brother was killed, which is a way he obviously carries because I'm no doubt he feels responsible for that. Mm-hmm. And in case there was any doubt in his mind that he should feel responsible for that, he basically has a jackass of a mother who abuses him and like shouting abuse at this kid at the freaking wake in the house. Yeah. That it was his fault. Why telling this kid like why did you come back? Why wasn't it you that died and all this stuff and ends up like drinking herself into a stupor and like mentally abusing him and won't show up to when he's dad's trying to do a birthday party thing and ends up later like we see physically abusing him and stuff like that and it's like all this like this really horrible heavy stuff like this is right. crazy and we see like him like leaving the house and stuff like that and his dad trying to convince him to stay and really interesting thing with the dad because it's something a lot of people said afterward was like that why didn't you stop her Right, because like the dad's there, but the dad's almost passive to it all and doesn't actually do anything to step in and protect his son. And that's if I can <coughs> touch on this for a second too. Um, so this is something that I'm very like intimately familiar with, and I saw a lot of takes on the internet about like people were, you know, TikTok theorists and and Twitter theorists and all this were like, yeah, how cool would it be if? Jake was the one who who went back and killed the mom or whatever, and I hate that take fully. That completely. is just horrible. Like, because this guy so doesn't dark. this guy doesn't have enough mental issues without. Oh, by the way, the reason your mom died was like this alternate version of you killed it's her. Your fault, right? And so, uh, people are so quick to hate on the mom, and I agree. Everything that she did was inappropriate. Oh, people yeah. are are very hung up on the physical abuse, but there was also a lot of emotional abuse. Oh yeah, on. like My, she laid into him. Yeah my thing with this mom too is like <coughs> she clearly has has mental trauma that she is fully not processing in, mm. in proper ways and two like the one responsible adult in the situation is not doing his job to remove his child from that situation and get his wife the help that he needs yeah your and wife's so- clearly struggling your son's getting abused by her because of this and you're basically just sitting there doing nothing yeah. for years yeah because by the time mark leaves it's mark leaving to like go to college he's like he's college age like so this has been going on since he was like grade school like since before high school right (coughs) so it's like this has been going on for years and it's like why didn't you step in yeah why didn't like because like you're obviously dealing with this as well you lost a son as well but like you're watching your wife crumble and fall apart and take it out on your son and you're watching your son suffer and you're not saying anything and it's like dude come on 
And the, you look at it in, in the pursuit of whatever this is, you know, I think he was afraid to lose his wife, afraid to lose his child. And it's like you lost all three. You know, you lost two boys and a wife. In yeah, this. I was going to say you lost everything as a result. Same. Yeah. And and to anyone who's in chat and, and like understands this perspective and, and has dealt with some of this stuff yourself, um, I, I escaped to comic books when I was a kid. It was how I processed a lot of this stuff. And ironically, Moon Knight was the character that I ran to when I was a child. Um, but, but in modern history, and I've talked about this on the podcast, and I'll talk about it again with everybody I meet, there is a comic book out there by one of my favorite artists, Scotty Young. Um, it is called Middle West, and it deals with the cycle of abuse. It deals with trauma. It deals with you know a, a lot of this stuff. And whether you are familiar with this or not, I would say this is an absolute must read. Yeah, there it is. It is like it is this. It's this incredibly powerful story. Yeah, there it is. Um, it's go, this incredibly go get it. power, powerful story, and it's wrapped up in like this really fun and kind of cute aesthetic which does not fit the tone at all no um, no 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 like right for the get-go with it as well yeah. like I've, I've not read much of it i've only read the first issue of it so far oh my man you are you're in for a ride but like the this the tone of it is like the, the drawn style of it is not like the story at all like the story jumps in hard to yeah. like what this kid is going through and it's like it's yeah it's a if rough read or if you have like if you have access to Barnes and Noble or Amazon, um, I would recommend maybe reading it before you decide to purchase it. I wouldn't purchase it on a whim, but if you have Comicsology, go read this. It is phenomenal, mm. and it deals with the stuff that we're talking about, everything that happened in Moon Knight. So, yeah, yeah, that's my my two cents on that. No, absolutely, absolutely, and and I think that's a. Th I think that was a great thing about the show was approaching something like this. I always love when. Sure we try and hit on real topics as well because like with the yeah. superhero genre especially it's very easy to get caught up in the larger than life battles mm -hmm. but it's important for characters like this like it's a, which ironically seeing spider-man in his last movie like you know dealing with multiversal oh, stuff and yeah. other versions of him and all this when he's actually one of the characters that fits the other side of it so well mm -hmm. is the street level characters we should be kind of looking at them like oh here's something that's not this world altering thing yeah here's actually this you know like that was the whole thing like daredevil if you watch the daredevil show is like what's happening in my city right. what's going on and in it's everyday more human life and, and more yeah you know and bringing it back down to earth which i think you need both in the superhero genre but like yeah. to address something like this with like here's one of these great heroes who's an avatar for a literal god yeah but here's what he's dealt with in his life and mm -hmm. in fact the whole creation of the Stephen Grant persona and he even I love the way Mark even describes it to Stephen because he even starts freaking out like wait a minute you created me and that's a whole thing for him to realise hey I'm not the original um, yeah. and he says but that was kind of like the whole thing you had this amazing memory of her. Mm -hmm. You have this great relationship with her. Yeah. Like hell, you remember her being alive. Right. He still calls her, and that's that's the thing is like Yeah, that's one of the things he does all the time. He's on the phone to his mum. She never answers, but he's always calling her and leaving her messages. That that compartmentalization in light of all the trauma and abuse makes sense. And then, you know, i was wondering how they were gonna deal with the mental health aspect of this because 
this is one of the rare misses for me with Hawkeye. You know, mm. Hawkeye as a character, he deals with his deafness because of abuse that happened in his childhood, um, a lot of a trauma, and, and he ran away from home because his, I can't remember if it was his foster family or, or what, but, um, and they they used his his being deaf as, they, they use it well in about one scene and that's about it. They don't really oh, it was a throwaway thing in the series. Yeah, like, it was... and I'm like, it's such a big piece that they can use, and, and then you have Alekwa Cox, and this is part of the reason why I'm so excited about Echo. But again, like they don't, I feel like they could have done a better job talking about, you know, some of the things that go into. If Echo had know, not been in the Hawkeye series, I guarantee you he would not have been deaf. Yeah, I guarantee it. Rough. It felt like such a throwaway thing. For something that's such a big part of his character and it can be used to such an amazing extent for Hawkeye, especially when like one of the big things they're trying to push now is representation. Right. To have like one of your main original six Avengers being deaf and having that character. Because think about it, think of like stuff where representation is seen when it's not even explicit. Like I always remember like the letter the that a mom wrote about her kid being excited when Drax took stuff literally. Oh yeah, yeah. Because like Drax was seen like, well I'm autistic and I don't get the social cues and I don't get stuff right. like that and take things very literalistic. Which has whole way new with having an autistic kid. It's like that's amazing. There's representation yeah. there. But you have a literal hero with a literal known disability that you're now introducing. Should have been introduced ages ago, but we're finally introducing it. And then we did nothing with it and it literally plays no factor. Yeah. And I'm glad they hit the nail on the head with Moon Knight, and I'm glad they represented us well. I have never been through that sort of physical and emotional abuse. I have right. never gone through that myself, so I'm speaking as someone who's not experienced that. But I think they've done a good job portraying it. It, it lands well, and I think there are one or two ways that this could have gone wrong, and I, I think it is a sliding scale. If you lean so hard into that, that it's almost like a almost like satire of the things that he went through mm -hmm. that's a disservice but at the other point of it if you soft pitch it and you don't talk about it and or or you just briefly mention it and don't make it a part of his character development and his character journey then that's also doing it an injustice and i think the balance that they struck here was powerful like i i talked about this with my wife and i talked about it on the podcast like I watched this. I was not prepared. I actually watched this during my break at work because I was like, oh, I need a pick-me-up. I'll go watch Moon Knight. Um, not a pick-me-up, by the way. Um, so I was sitting in my class just bawling my eyes out <coughs> trying to like, figure out how to like go about the rest of my day because they did it so well. Like I really appreciate the way that they yeah. handled this in the series. For sure. I think the representation there was on point. It was done really well, but it was also done to a good extent where like you couldn't then pull it back and get back into the show and back right. into the superheroics and the gods fighting each other and yeah. all that side of it. It was done really well. Yeah. What I'm excited for in season two is seeing, well, if that's how Steven was created, at what point was Jake created? Yeah. And how did that come around then? Like was he created around the same time or like a lot of people are theorizing was that like during his military right. experience and like you know some of the stuff that he's seen was Jake created man. during that it, and like was Mark asked to do some of the horrible stuff and like couldn't deal right. with it and then that's where Jake came in so in the comics it's they sort of flip it and you get Jake was created at the moment of his childhood abuse as a way to like vent his anger and release his trauma and I think 
as somebody who's dealt with some of this stuff, there is you you feel like unjustly angry at certain things and at the same time especially when it's somebody you love that is inflicting the abuse on you you also remember all the good things about them and that's a weird place to be because mm-hmm. how do you love somebody so much but also they hurt you in ways that you can't explain to anyone so you have this anger and this this like childlike love for somebody and it feels dichotomous it feels like you have these parts of yourself that are wrestling and so to introduce that as a character who literally struggles with these things, not just on an emotional level, but like an actual personality level, is is powerful. It's That'd be a really interesting thing to see in season two then, if he was created yeah. during the abuse, like Stephen was his way to escape the abuse he was seeking. Right. But taking out that rage and anger, and like even as a kid, maybe to see him like attacking other kids or bullying other kids or like taking right. that aggression out. Like as Jake is formed through that, and like almost like to deal with what was going on, he almost like split in two different directions, two like polar opposites of each other that way. I think would be an interesting kind of direction to go with, like, because we've seen a lot of like Stephen and this kind of like meek and mild, calm version of him, but like this hardcore, like I don't care, I don't give a damn about anything you know nothing in the world matters to me mentality of jake would be really interesting to see those two being fostered separately (coughs) um lg just speaking about the representation saying i know it's more of a superpower but daredevil's blindness is why i connected like with that character as a person with low vision Um, and that's it and i think that's one of the cool things about superheroes was representation was important you know like even just something simple in the original days of like the creation of Spider-Man and him being a teenager was seen as like this mind-blowing thing when he was originally created. Kind of a nerd and yeah, yeah. You know, right, and and I, go ahead. And I was gonna say, but Marvel kind of tried to keep that trend going of like creating representation. You know, right. Daredevil especially, I think, is one of those ones because like there's not you can look at other heroes and go, well, this character's kind of like that one. There's like there's no one like Daredevil. Yeah, Daredevil is very unique in a lot of ways um, and that blindness is like there isn't a hero elsewhere in Marvel or in DC that kind of is on that same level in that way which is really interesting and that's why I, I really like Alekwa Cox for, for everything that she's involved in because you know I, I live in a native community a lot of my students and a lot of my friends and family are native and so you have that aspect of it like there are no Native American superheroes on the big screen. Hasn't happened. Mm. And so if, if you get her in there in a recognizable position, and this is, we talk about on our podcast, we talked about Reservation Dogs did this in quite a big way where, you know, a lot of my students were able to see themselves in a major production. And then, you know, you have a lot of students here and a lot of the people I know who are amputees mm. who do not have, you know, their lower limbs and Alekwa Cox is missing her leg. Uh, and then you know we have deaf representation in there as well so the mcu is starting to get there and and you know moon knight was a big one obviously we didn't even touch on the egyptian representation yeah that's a whole there. yeah that's a whole thing like the fact of like you know mark specter stephen grant whatever you want to call him in this movie is jewish apparently yeah didn't realize that until his mom died yeah. and we were at the wake and like you know it's like oh he's jewish nice didn't, they, didn't realize but like, yeah, that's awesome you they, know it's it's an interesting part of his character in the comic books because he is still jewish right but yet he's talking to an egyptian god 
and and there's yeah. always that weird sort of dichotomy where like yeah i still believe in you know yahweh it's like, he's like a, but also like I a jewish God. hero that is slave to an egyptian deity yeah like, yeah well there's some sort of commentary right there isn't there <laughs> like just in that yeah. Um, <laughs> but then we even got that with Layla in the show, though. Like, which yeah. they even they, like, which okay, it was a little on the nose when they did it. But her becoming the Scarlet Scarab, by the way, phenomenal. Yeah, I'm all for her being an avatar. I'm all for her being a hero. But like her saving a little girl and the little girl going, "Are you an Egyptian superhero?" And her going, "Yeah." And I'm like, it was a little on the nose for like yeah. the like. Look, we've got an Egyptian representation, like especially when like five minutes before she went to Tawaret and said. I'll be your avatar temporarily. Yeah. I'm like, so are you just the avatar now? For this god, have you just like, yeah, this is what I do? Like, because you're saying you're an Egyptian superhero and giving hope to this little girl, and that, but like, you're literally about to give this back. Um, But I loved it. I loved yeah. her inclusion. I loved her, like, being part of it. I love her being a hero, and I love that we are getting that representation as well, because, like, an Egyptian hero, like, awesome something I never thought we'd see <coughs> my wife has curly hair like that too and I know a lot of the heroes that we get have like the nice you know the, the straight hair and um, you don't see enough that have like curly hair or even like uh, representation from the Egyptian community my wife is not Egyptian she's native but she has really curly hair like that and I saw some of the comments on like TikTok and Twitter about people saying like my daughter saw this and you know she doesn't want to straighten her hair anymore she's proud of like how she looks and I think that's really cool. I think um, that's it, and I think I think that's the thing as well. Like speaking as I am, speaking as a as a straight white man, you know, like in the <laughs> yeah. in the Western world, like I I've never been lacking in representation yeah. and things. Like never been a problem. Like all the heroes I looked up to, even in comic books, like they all look like me, right. like for the most part. Like you know, different hair color or eye colors, but the the most diverse it would get. Um, so like I. It's something I definitely didn't realise until very recently, especially with how much change there's been in terms of representation, like how important it is to have that representation that right. that you can associate with. For little kids to grow up that are black or Native American or Asian or Hispanic or like or whatever, to look up and go, That's a hero like me. Right. That's a hero that looks like me and I can aspire and be like them. Like how many little black kids were inspired by seeing, you know, T'Challa becoming the Black Panther and seeing how cool this hero was, or how many Asian kids were like, "Wow, that Shang Chi is like he's he's a hero and he's part of the MCU yeah. and and not just like side characters or sidekicks, but headliners now, headlining their own Absolutely. stuff and how important so, that representation is. We it's it's related to what we're talking about, and it's something Ads brought up in the chat. He said, "I'd love if they did a second season to see Bushman." I've pushed back against this, and I've read probably every Moon Knight comic in existence. I think Rob Bushman is an interesting character. The reason I don't want them to bring him into the MCU is there was a time, I want to say in the late '80s, early '90s, where um, the KKK movement believed this to be a hero of theirs. Right, they saw this guy wow. in a white hood whose main villain was an African, you know, violent uh, mercenary, and so I don't know if people will understand the distinction there. I don't want this to look any sort of way, and so I have been on record saying I hope they don't bring Bushman into this, even though I, I love him as a character. 
character. I don't think they will because they already alluded to him in the show. Right. That he was the the commanding officer of the military group that Mark was with. Right. That like went to slaughter Layla's father and all the crew there, and that he put an end to. I think and if from, anything, they from the Layla sounds, go after him, but yeah. And from the sounds of it, it was very much kind of hinted that of like, well, he stopped it, and that's what killed him was taking out these sure. guys that were hint- killing the innocents, and right. why he was close to death. I think that's probably the closest we're going to get to Bushman, mm. <clears throat> just because of like what you said of like. When you're taking an African American like character, you're taking you know a black character and portraying them as the villain, and he's being pursued by a guy in a white hood. You have to be not look right. Yeah, like when you and a black guy is the villain, like you have to be careful with that. And like a guy in the in a full white suit going after him, and like yeah, it's like I I could see where that's that could look problematic and problematic. Even if it's not meant in that way, even if it's like completely not taken in that way, even if it's like a well, he's not a, like a white supremacist. Like we've, we've clearly set up that he's Jewish, that you know he's right. he's of a different. Guatemala. He's a, you know he's yeah. Guatemalan. He's got a different skin tone. Does it even look yeah. white? You can tell he's yeah. not. Nonetheless, it's like Disney and Marvel are very careful, mm-hmm. or try to be as careful as they can be. They've screwed up a few times, but they try to be as careful as they can be of like that representation and how stuff is perceived because it's especially in a world with the internet the way it is today it doesn't matter what your intentions are it matters of how it was perceived right probably and even more so than the intentions for, it's yeah. like you know it's like people have had to apologize plenty of times because something was taken the wrong way by so many people even if it was never meant in that way sure. and it's like that's just too easy yeah. to go down that road with it he says, yeah, that I don't yeah, know, as, and upon hearing that is best you don't. <laughs> that's the thing, too, is, like, um, it, a lot of people have brought that up, and I'm like, I, from a comic book perspective, I would love that. In in the political climate that we live in in the world today, I, I don't think it's a good idea. Well, that's um, I think that's why we got Harrow as the villain in this, because, like, Harrow right. was created for the show. Harrow was not a comic book character. Right. Which is hard to believe because he seems like such a phenomenal villain. I loved Harrow in this. Ethan Hawke because Harrow was like one of the best things in the show. Yeah, absolutely. He's sort of an amalgamation because there is a Harrow, but he's not. He's wild, wildly different from this. Um, he's sort of like this geneticist who does all this stuff, but he is sort of a a mix of a few characters that do exist in the comics. But I think they made him different enough where. The Ethan Hawke version is the one that I subscribe to. I think he's more yeah. interesting in this than anything else. But like that's one of the reasons I think I think I heard them kind of talking about why that character was probably the one that was created was because like you've got right. hit, you've got Moon Knight's main villain as Bushman, right. who they're probably not going to do for the reasons we talked about, and I think them mentioning him as his like commanding officer that done this horrible stuff and that he tried to stop. It's probably like the Easter egg to that that we're not going to get right. him, but that's as close as we can. But like Moon Knight really doesn't have that many big villains beyond that. Like we had Midnight Man, which you know, tragic passing there. Mm. Um, that would have been interesting to see going forward. Yeah, they, it tells a lot about about that because like they were obviously hinting at that a little bit in the show, and then. Like that's now something when unless they recast or whatever, like we can't really go anywhere with that. So Anton Mogart is Midnight Man, and he's this like eccentric collector who 
um, lives for the thrill of the hunt in, in sort of a literal and figurative manner. Like he wants things that are unobtainable. And so his his position with Moon Knight is really interesting because um, he's committing all these crimes and he wants Moon Knight to know that it's him and they have this big showdown. Um, so he's interesting and I think that would have been an, a, a nice like way to introduce him as a villain into the MCU. They did a good job with the, the bit that he was in there. Um, as far as it goes though, like his villains are, I don't know, the, the only other one I could think of is there is, and this is so cheesy, but there is um, Shadow Knight, which is Randall Spector, it's his brother, um, who survives a horrific accident and has no recollection for a while and ends up, you know, with this fractured identity because of the trauma that he went through physically. Um, his is obviously, in, in the case of the comic books, it's him coming back from war. But you could easily slide this into the MCU as he survived the accident. Um, he didn't drown at all. He, he, somebody found him and, and nursed him back to health. And he was, you know, lost his memory and had to deal with all this trauma. So I think there are interesting characters to pull in from the, you know, from the lore. Yeah. I just... I really hope I they don't do the Shadow Knight one from the sounds of it. Just... <laughs> right. For two kind of reasons. Like, the first one being the... We've done the the hero version, the other version of him, so many yeah. times. Right. Like I don't think we need that again. And secondly, as soon as you bring his brother back from the dead, you undercut all the emotional journey we just went on in this season. Right. I agree. And I, I totally like, agree. don't do that. Leave his brother dead. The journey and the setup for Mark Spector and Stephen was so well done in this. I would not want anything. That. create another one like I mean come on we had freaking Konchu fighting Ameh in this like Kaiju fight in Egypt I want to see more like Egyptians I, lo I love I love the Egyptian, Egyptian lore I love yeah. the Egyptian lore in this like I love the Egyptian gods and all this stuff like anything like to do with that sort of lore and gods and mythology I love all that stuff so the fact that they focus so much in that in this I'd be up for more of that or have them face other gods have him like you know how how would Conchu react like if Midnight bumped into somebody like Thor, you know it's like yeah. or gods from other pantheons or well, should listen to one of your episodes. We actually listened to your episode back for a trip from DC when you and Max were talking about hey, wouldn't it be funny if like God the God Butcher showed up I in Midnight and like that. yeah. I, I hate you and Max so much because as soon as that was mentioned, I'm like that's all I wanted to see was him just show up <laughs> with a cameo at the end of this though. And just like, hey, see all those crap Egyptian gods that were left that weren't, you know, like trapped away. Yeah, all of those ones are dead now. Because God just showed up and wiped them out. And, mm -hmm. you know, the only ones that are left are all the ones that get broken out of their, like, you know, stone prisons. And I'm like, that would have been cool. And, like, in my head, I'm like, that's never going to happen. But, like, that's all no. I want to see happen <laughs> yeah. now is, like, let's Moon Knight versus Gore the God Butcher. I'm down for it. Let's do it. Oh, my gosh. I, that would be phenomenal. It'll never happen in a million years. Oh no! I say that knowing like, no Moon Knight. I never thought would happen in a million years. But even like, if they did Age of Conchu, where you know Conchu takes over and he has to try to stop Mephisto because Mephisto is becoming too powerful, and so Moon Knight just single-handedly like wipes out the Avengers, and it is one of my favorite runs of all time. It's very short-lived, but a storyline like that where he's like, yeah, you know, I can. I can stop Mjolnir because Mjolnir is made of 
a moon. Like, I, you know, what are you going to do to stop me? Him taking on, like, Iron Fist and, um, yeah, stuff like that would be really cool. That'd be really cool. Like, I think that's the thing with Moon Knight. I think if they do go into a season two, they're still going to be that emotional power because we have to explore Jake now. Right. But I'm, I'm like, going to the back crap crazy stuff. Let's just, yeah. you know, like, continue this. Like, let Harrow and Ahmet be, like, the beginning, but let's delve into the crazy world because I want to set up the Midnight Suns and like have him meet like Punisher or like right. you know or Blade or Ghost Rider or like delve into this like crazy ass side of Marvel like go for it you know and I was just saying there it's like, it's like can't wait to see Christian Bale and Thor absolutely the fact that Gore the God Butcher is showing up at all in the MCU is still blows my mind um, I never in a million years thought that we would get that but I also didn't think we would get Moon Knight. No. So. But especially <laughs> yeah. at this point, especially at this point where Thor is, like, you know, like, we've done the trilogy, we've had the, you know, end game, and Thor's going off on this, like, journey now of, like, self discovery. Yeah. And then it's. And I'm like, how the heck is that going to transfer into him then fighting, like, you know, the God Butcher who's massacring gods across time and space? Is like, how? How are we going to transition into that? Like, that's insane. Yeah. And it's Taika Watiti who's like, just goofy you know what i mean like he's how do you make this for, like how yeah. do you make this serious yeah like don't get me wrong i'm all in though i'm like if i'm up for seeing them pull it off but yeah absolutely but yeah like there's because that's the thing that's the thing for me with moon knight and kind of like i was just saying it there you know we've we've started seeing some of these connections like at the end of eternals we saw the setup for black knight and Right. We heard the voice of Blade, although nobody really realized it was Blade until somebody explained it to them because that's the way we all were. Like, who was that? Who was talking? What? Yeah. Um, we're setting that stuff up, and I'm like, he has to be part of it. Moon Knight has to get into this because we, we've done like the, we've kind of done the Marvel Knight stuff because that's now the Defender stuff. We've got the Daredevil and the Jessica Jones, Luke Cage, Iron Fist, Punisher. We've got the Marvel Knights darker stuff. But now we need to do like the dark supernatural stuff, like the stuff that, because Avengers are all up here doing their thing, but like there's this whole right. other side, the spooky supernatural stuff, where the only real crossover is probably stuff like Doctor Strange occasionally. And that's the thing, if they do Midnight Suns, the the arc that I like for Midnight Suns is where Mephisto, through whatever deal, takes over Las Vegas, and Doctor Strange bets his soul. Yeah. That like, that, that Midnight Suns would be so cool because you'd have Blade, you'd have Moon Knight, you'd have all these other characters, and it would tie into something like Multiverse of Madness, and maybe redeem a little bit of that movie for me. Yeah, um, it's like that's that that be the potential for that. Like Mephisto finally mm -hmm. coming in, which a lot of people have like have been speculating about that since the freaking one division. Oh like, my Mephisto's gosh. gonna be part of it. <laughs> Mephisto's gonna be part of it. And I'm like, no, bring him in as a villain for Midnight Suns. That's perfect. Oh that is like oh literally the best place to bring him in if you're ever gonna do him. And have this like you know, it's like bring in like you know, Moon Knight, bring in Blade, bring in Black Knight, bring in Doctor Strange, bring in freaking one of the Ghost Riders, like Oh my gosh, you if know, we could get the Ghost Riders. Like, Robbie Reyes. Yeah, bring in a Robbie Reyes. Like, I mean, hell, even bring back that guy that played him in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. He wasn't that bad. Or bring in the freaking, you know, it's like... Uh, Nick Cage. <laughs> yeah, bring in Nick Cage, hell yeah. <laughs> only, only if it's from Spirit of Vengeance one, where he's like, he's completely right. lost his mind. Um, yeah. But bring in, like, you know... <laughs> 
because there's like there's like three, four Ghost Riders. Bring them in. Bring in one of them. I've not seen any somewhere, in the MCU, you know. Somewhere, wherever he is, I know Isaac's on vacation right now, so he's driving around wherever in the continental US. Um, he just shed a happy tear and he has no idea why. <laughs> that is his boy, 100%. Oh, uh, Nick Cage. Well, like, see if he does show up in the Multiverse of Madness, which, oh spoilers, God. Nick Cage doesn't show up in it, so spoilers for that. Um, but Sorry, see, if he, guys. see if he'd shown up in Multiverse of Madness, I would have freaking lost my mind. If, yeah. Like, because that would have just been so random, but at the same time, I would have cheered. Oh my god! Just because, like, but yeah, that's like I. I think that'd be the perfect place to go with Moon Knight is to do more stuff in the next season, but set up for like a Midnight Suns and start doing that darker supernatural stuff. But I don't know if we'll get that. Um, so to kind of wrap up, then just the last little bit. Obviously, we kind of we defeated Tower, we trapped Amit in his body. Um, Mark and Steven were set free right from being avatars of Conchu um, and are allowed to be you know themselves and are living happily together but then we got our end credit scene as we talked about where Jake Lockley finally appears finally shows up and, and kills Harrow just nukes him just completely takes him just down. totally wipes him out but I thought it was a cool way of introducing him to a certain extent right but as someone who knows obviously a lot more about Jake Lockley and his story and we've talked a little bit what did you think of that as the introduction for him and how his character's coming across at this point obviously we've not seen a lot of him right and also as well the fact of like he only speaks Spanish yeah so that that was an interesting choice in and I'm like, I, watching, was that just like yeah, another way to vary like the fact of like you know Stephen has an English accent and like Mark has an American accent so he's going to speak Spanish or like is that something Jake does no like, so Jake in the comic books is just like he just has this like <coughs> New Yorker accent I was going to say because like, he's like a New York cabbies you know it's like, that's like yeah. his like, cover where he does all his stuff so um, so I, I've been watching a lot of interviews with Oscar Isaac and he talks about this was this was from the Star Wars days he talks about how he wanted Poe Dameron to be from Yavin 4 because those those scenes were famously filmed in Guatemala, which is where he's from. And in every, like, IP that he's part of, he always pushes... Which, ironically, like, when he's in X-Men, he's, he's playing an Egyptian character as well. Um, but he always longed to have, like, that Guatemalan representation in one of his characters. And so my guess is that this sort of was spurred on by that that oscar isaac wanted a spanish-speaking guatemalan character in the mcu and um i'm here for it i think it's really cool but it is like really jarring at first to try to figure out like wait what's going on here um he is stone cold and that is like that is par for the course i thought it was a cool way to introduce him I wish they would have introduced him earlier, but you know, beggars can't be choosers. I thought the way that they ended it was pretty cool. I think I'm glad they introduced him. Yeah. That end credit scene raised the finale for me. Absolutely. Like to a better level. Like I was I was like so disappointed until I seen that and like it automatically made it better. Mm -hmm. Like kinda like you, I agree we should have seen him sooner. Like, I still think that bit when he jars at the end and he's fighting Harrow and it's clear that Jake did something, we should have seen that happening. Mm -hmm. We should have seen what he did. Even if they don't explain that he's Jake until, like, the end credit scene. Yeah. And Conchu reveals, like, you know, yeah, I've let them go, but 
he still works for me and that Jake yeah. Lockley is still quite happily doing it um, I think it's cool that we're getting the kind of like LJ said in chat it's cool that we're getting the Latino representation a lot in Marvel now and I'm, it's cool that we're getting that with him wanting like Oscar Isaac wanting to represent his Guatemalan roots he's you know he's clearly been very forth on wanting to do that in a lot of projects as you right. said so the fact that we're getting that like I'm not going to lie the, the, the Spanish speaking threw me completely at first I was not yeah. expecting it you know because you're watching the show and all of a sudden you've got subtitles to read like, what? what's going on what yeah. It, just especially with an end credit scene, I wasn't expecting it, but like I'm here for it because I'm interested to see like how that blends in because like some of the great stuff we got in the final episode was Oscar Isaac like literally having conversations with himself, like we'd seen like the mirror talks before, right? But like we were literally watching scenes of him as Mark talking in an American accent and changed while the camera was still rolling into Steven and talking the English accent and it'd be seamless which props to Oscar Isaacs for the amount of oh work he God. did in this show crazy. the guy was phenomenal yeah like it, it's crazy how good it was it's like especially that scene the scene I'm thinking obviously is like that last scene when he's in the the office with Harrow when he gets rid of that little safe space oh yeah yeah and like but you see the two of them just blending in and out of conversation with each other right. like nothing and he's just but like just with a change on the look in his face you can tell who's about to speak right it's so well it really so like, sells it as two different people and have <coughs> so I so yeah like that brings up the question like does does steve know spanish you know what i mean how's that how are the conversations going to play out like what we assume mark does right because you know jake does but yeah, because yeah, I assume he does wild. because, like, I'm, I'm guessing like there's going to be the Guatemalan roots are still going to be there for the Mark Spector character as a whole, Correct. Um, and we're going to do that. So the chances are there's this bit of Spanish speaking there, maybe not as fluent as Jake, but enough to kind of have a conversation. Like, as far as Stevie knew, he grew up in like London. He grew up in right. like away from this all. Like, does he have a clue? Like, can he yeah. talk to him? Is it he studied Egypt? So like, has he studied other countries as well, and like maybe knows a little bit or? But like I think it's a really cool way to differentiate that character again and do something different with it, right. uh, as long as it's used properly going forward. Yeah. Because like, there's a really easy way for them to just kind of like throw it away as a, a stupid thing that's not really going to work well. Yeah. But well, if like they do it in the right way, like it there. could work. I think. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, but yeah, I like I'm. I think they've done overall they've done a really good job this is still one of my favourite Marvel series I think the ending of it definitely was a letdown to what it could have yeah. been like if that ending had been on point it 100% would have been my favourite I think objectively <coughs> Loki ultimately was a better series start mm. to finish personally because of the emotional beats and the fact that it's Moon Knight which has always been my favourite character it ranks number one for me, but I think to recommend this to anybody, I think Loki is the better property right now. And I think a lot yeah. of that has to do with how they landed the finale. Yeah, I think start to finish, if you want to talk about the properties, I think Loki's I think Loki beats it out for me. That's probably my favourite. One division I'm kind of back and forth on. Because like yeah. I really love what they did different with that show, but at the same time, like getting into it's a bit jarring until they start to explain what's going on. Right. Well, if you're talking beginning to end, I think Loki's the better property. But like Moon Knight, 
100% would have been my favorite if they'd landed the ending. Yeah, I agree. I think they pulled it back at the end, and I think they could pull it back even more if season two mm-hmm. goes into the Jake Lockley stuff. That way, I think as a whole, it could feel good, but the first season, I think just it missed that last little bit. Mm-hmm. And that's my only worryment for going forward with Disney Plus shows is there's been a couple of shows where the ending now has let down the whole series. Yeah. Like, I, I, I feel like you did the same thing with Hawkeye. Hawkeye was on par to be, like, my favourite MCU Disney Plus show. I thought they were doing so well with it. I thought the beats were perfect. The storyline and storytelling was right on point. And then the finale, especially what they screwed up with Kingpin, just right. caused oh that show yeah. to tank for me. Moon Knight wasn't Pretty that good. bad, like a, a drop-off at the end, but it definitely knocked it down a little bit from where it was. Like, like it was, like like you said, like a 5 out of 5. You know, for me, this show was, you know, everything was, like, the first five episodes, like, I, I thought they were perfect. I thought they were awesome. Right. Like, it was my type of story. I was completely invested. But I... I definitely wasn't as invested with the finale. I thought they dropped some stuff, and that definitely affected it. Yeah, that makes sense. I'm with you. <laughs> yeah. So I know you kind of said it at the start. So, what sort of rating would you give this one? Would you recommend Moon Knight? And I think it's a five out of five or five point five out of six for me. It's you hard. You Infinity Bros, and you're out of sixes. Yeah, no, <laughs> and it drives everybody nuts that we use decimal points as well. But you know. You know, you've already added on an extra number you don't need decimal points to it right <laughs> um, it is my favorite series but I get that it's not for everybody and I think I think episode 5 emotionally if you're not prepared for it can cause some harm absolutely um, yeah I think you need to be in the right place emotionally to handle what's going on in that and so I will absolutely recommend it for people but I will say ahead of time like make sure you're you're mentally prepared for the things that you're going to experience and ultimately like it is a phenomenal series but uh it's not perfect and so i think enjoy it for what it is i love absolutely. it it's Moon Knight, so like how could i not <coughs> absolutely absolutely and i think that's it i think for what they did with it like just the sheer fact of like if you told me they were doing a Moon Knight show like back during like the start of the mcu because like i would have never believed you <laughs> You know, that sort of point when you're thinking, like, oh, what characters are we going to see pop up? What characters are they going to allude to? Moon Knight was in no way. Right. Like, even in my head, like it still doesn't quite make sense. Like, when you think of the other, like, Disney Plus shows that, have, that were announced, like, Loki, absolutely. Falcon yeah. and Winter Soldier, WandaVision, you know, it's like all these characters that have appeared in the major movies, even then transitioning to doing stuff like, um, you know, like Miss Marvel coming up, but we've done Captain Marvel, so that makes sense. And She Hulk, well, yeah, Hulk's like one of the main Avengers, so doing She Hulk and introducing her. Yeah. Absolutely. And it's like Moon Knight. It's like one of these things is not like the others. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? out there just for me. You know what I mean? It's like does not fit with anything else, but it works. Mm-hmm. You know, it works. Like Moon Knight is the epitome of why I love comic books. Like because do the insane stuff, do the crazy stuff, tell a story that's out there that's different from anything else. Tell something phenomenal out there. 
you know, just give me a reason to love it. Like, I'm open to loving any comic story. Just give me a reason to fall in love with it, and I probably will. Absolutely. You know, and Moon Knight, the show does that. You know, it's like if you watch the show, I guarantee you're going to want to know more about this guy, and it will make you want to pick up a Moon Knight comic and see what the hell else happens, you know? Definitely. Oh, gee, it's like, I wear white so they see me coming. That is the the coldest line of any comic book ever. <coughs> it is so, like, okay, if you guys don't know, the line in the comic books is they, you know, people constantly make comments about um, Moon Knight's wearing white. They're like, aren't you, you know, that's not going to help you hide. And he goes, no, I like, that's the part I like is what he always says. He says, I wear white so they see me coming. And I think he says their hands shake so much that they couldn't hit the moon anyway. And it is so, like, stone cold, the delivery of it. It's fantastic. Uh, yeah, and the other line is, I died once, and it was boring, so I stood up. That is awesome. He's got some good one-liners, yeah. I mean, that's it. One-liners like that. What else do you want? Like, that's perfect. Yeah. he is. He's a little quippy, too. He can get quippy like Spider-Man in the comics. Not as much, but um, there's a line in the newest uh, uh, Devil's Reign where... It's it's the same comic I referenced earlier where he says, you know, you're never going to see your family again because the guy is abusive to his child. And um, the guy, the the villain says, like, as soon as I get out of prison, I'm going to I'm going to go right back to her. And he says, no, I told you you'll never see her again. And then he gouges out her eyeball, his eyeballs. And I'm like, oh, <laughs> it's like, he, no, he I think literal with that one. Like, wow. Yeah. yeah. He's like, no, I'm, I'm serious. You will not see her again. Um, um, so I know you've mentioned a few like during this and we're kind of talking about it now and then so for anyone like in our chat or that's listening that's like just seen the show that right. wants to know more about Moon Knight what runs would you recommend if they enjoyed what they saw on the show what would be the best Moon Knight runs for them to go and check out in the comics I would say it's hard to go wrong but there are hit or misses um, I would say start with either Lemire or Smallwood or if you're really really pressed for stuff and you want to catch something new uh, read Jed McKay's but understand that that one's ongoing and it brings up stuff that you have to have a little bit of Moon Knight knowledge going into it so Lemire or Smallwood are really like the good kicking off points for modern comics you can go back to Avengers Initiative and, and Vengeance of the Moon Knight but um, the early 2000s comics were very gritty and, and maybe not everybody's cup of tea so Smallwood and Lemire um, are, the, are the two big ones I would say Nice. So there you go. Some comic book recommendations for you as well there. Um, but that's that's pretty much it for us for today. That's pretty much everything on midnight. Um, want to say a massive shout out to Jarrett. Thank you so Absolutely. much for coming on and talking midnight with us and geeking out a little bit with us. It's been a lot of fun. Yeah, um, man. And um, the uh, the Sea of Thieves stream too. Like, I'm gonna try to get back on more of those. Yeah, um, man. It probably won't be till summer comes, but I've been having a blast, man. It's it's always a good time connecting with you, Cross. Yeah, man. Just just hit me up, man. We're, we stream every Friday night, pretty much with um, CFE. So whenever you're free, just hit me up, man. We'll get you in on the crew. It was a lot of fun sure. when we got you in for that week, man. And and you know uh, that's I can't the, be on the same week as Chunk though, because you know obvious reasons. Yeah, you, you PTSD. From <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I go to sleep every night and I'm like, not the bomb. <laughs> Yes, he blew me up last Friday there. Again. <laughs> I saw it. That's wild. Which, speaking of Chunk for there, thank you for that little segue so I can throw it up on screen. 
Yeah. Make sure to check out our brand new merch that was designed by Nitro that's up on screen right now. Uh, one of them, hashtag Brigged, is our Chunk the Hut inspired. Fantastic. Gosh, yeah. it's wild how talented he is. Nitro? Oh, heck yeah. Yeah. It always throws me off because I've been looking at his um his custom sneakers on oh uh, yeah on instagram and man he's just just oozing with talent yeah both of you guys are you guys are phenomenal oh thank you man thank you i appreciate that and for anyone as well by the way if you're not part of our discord hit up our discord um and the art of the hero channel on there and he just nitro who was working on like two of the turtles for the tmnt piece that he's given away yep just off the cuff on friday decided to finish off the other two turtles and i was like okay they're looking cool then the background was done and it was all put on and he's got these like four shadowed like teenage mutant ninja yeah. turtles on this like cityscape with rain coming down like dude it's just it's not even yeah, fair okay. how easily you just did that it's like it's not even close to fair i can draw maybe a stick figure that's about where my talent lies i was gonna say that it's like i literally for every bit of art for our channel i'm like nitro you have to do this like i've got no yeah. artistic <laughs> talent in me at all like i cannot do this you have to do the art for the channel like i, I i'm not capable of it i would take some of it but i just can't that is phenomenal wow jeez louise yeah you see it yeah <coughs> yeah like literally if you're not in our discord let me put the link in chat there now but go literally go head it up join our discord art of the hero stream go check it out it's the man is scary talented and he's also which you might want to check out as well jared he's actually got a midnight piece coming up with you during our 12 hour giveaway um chunk i believe it was won the tmnt piece but right. i think it was mark from the good morning guys won a moonlight piece and um, so awesome. i think that's the next one he's working on and then he's got another couple of commissions that right. um special requests that we gave away like if you want to hit this guy up for like some sort of artwork hit up nitro man the guy's he's the guy he's insanely talented he's so good he's such a good artist and he doesn't realize just how good he is but massive thank you Jared, for you coming on thank you for those compliments as well massive compliments to you guys infinity bro is a phenomenal group of guys phenomenally talented group of guys who are podcasting who are streaming on twitch who are hitting it up on social media with keeping up to date and all that stuff with their tweets and their tiktoks and all this young people stuff that i can't keep up with because i'm Say, an old like man. That's, that's really high praise but you got to remember zane is on the show so <laughs> don't give us too much credit <laughs> no no it's like zane well zane's on the show sometimes right zane's occasionally on the show and, it, and it's all right you can mute when max is speaking as well right yeah <laughs> you don't need max it's fine you can skip that part he only runs the whole like podcast side of things it's fine <laughs> um <laughs> But no, love, love Max, just love getting him a hard time. Awesome dude. Um, but I absolutely love the Infinity Bros. I mean, we've been friends with you guys for like what feels like forever at this point. Um, absolutely. If you guys are not checking out the Infinity Bros or not listening to their podcast, one of the best podcasts that's out there that isn't ours, um, <laughs> they are not checking out their Twitch stream, are not checking them out, wherever they're doing stuff, on their website where they're posting blogs and stuff as well. It's like, which LJ and chat, for enough, um, we're sharing that. He's just posted a blog on there recently. I even wrote a blog on there at one point. Yep. Um, okay. Our guest writers are currently holding it down for the daily snap. All right, let me get the spell another right. I'm doing a show on 
Twitch for you guys and I have to make sure I get the right spelling of Infinity Bros because on every single freaking social media it's a different thing. Um, there really we go. <laughs> I'm going to consolidate. So just, just pick one and stick with it. That's all I'm saying. Um, but yeah, there we go. Clip for that. I think that's actually one from... If not from this Friday, then from like one of the previous ones where you guys played yeah, Friday the Thirteenth. Friday the Thirteenth, and poor Isaac was like, they all have COVID right now, and all the people who had COVID were playing, so they're all hacking up lungs on stream. Uh, but what well, was that scene like? Best... Posted us um, was that a short recently there? Like was it yesterday or something, or earlier today yeah. of like Max getting the crap scared out of him? His so he's for anyone who doesn't know, and and I'll let you finish up in a second. But Max, no, is no, no, worries. Terrified of everything literally his own shadow and uh in the middle of friday the 13th his wife like jump scares him and it is it is phenomenal it is so good that is amazing i love it i, I didn't get to watch the whole clip yet i saw a bit of it like i'll let you check it out later i thought he got scared in game i didn't realize his wife had jump scared him that's yeah. phenomenal i love it's it so good but yeah please go and check these guys out um i would share the link for infinity i'll do it anyway if you guys can like work out how to get to their stuff yeah <laughs> just create so a copy and paste thing copy and paste just take out the social media thing that's attached itself on but oh, these guys are on everything please go and check them out we love the infinity bros so much and um, thank you so much for coming on jared this has been an absolute, absolute blast today i've had a lot of fun just chatting with you yeah. and we'll definitely do this at some other point when we can try and get you on we'll work it out the logistics of it obviously with time differences and everything and it's been a little hard, but we'll definitely get you back on at some point. Yeah, and the summers are really nice too, and I'm two weeks out from uh, being done teaching, so yeah, should be pretty easy. Nice. Yes, we'll, we'll work out something. We'll definitely need to do something to get you back on. For sure. Um, but that's pretty much it from us here today. Um, remember to join us throughout this week. We will be back on here on Twitch um, throughout the week. Tomorrow night, my lovely wife, Jay, will be back with a little bit more of Nancy Drew. Um, she started a new Nancy Drew game last week and we'll be continuing that um, I will be back on Tuesday night doing some Batman Arkham Knight um, we're pretty much finished I did a lot of the side quests and stuff off stream this week so we literally just have some of the Riddler stuff to do and the main story to finish off um, which we're almost completed so we're going to try and get that done this week if not in the next couple of weeks hopefully um, and move on to some of the DLC for the game uh, Nitro will be back Thursday night he will be doing some more of his art on stream. Um, if the TMT piece is completely finished, he should be starting a new one of his commissions. And then, of course, Friday night, we will be back with some more Sea of Thieves. Um, next Sunday, the podcast will be back. I will be joined by another special guest because Nitro is still on vacation. How dare he abandon me for two weeks? Shock, horror, unheard of. But we will be getting joined by... Um, I don't know if he's still around. He was in chat earlier by Mr. Locksteady. Um, and him and I are going to have a nice little rant because um, we are going to be talking about one of our favourite TV shows um, Gravity Falls uh, Disney XD show that not a lot of people talk about, not enough people talk about and it is freaking amazing so I am excited to talk about this freaking Bill Cipher, one of the best villains of anything, don't at me you know I'm right mm -hmm. <laughs> you all will know I'm right if you know the show um, and then finally, the following Sunday will be when we get into our Multiverse of Madness. Because um, Nitro's back and I decided I would at least wait on him for the Multiverse of Madness one. Since he's missing out on Moon Knight. So make sure to check out 
um, each of those nights and we will be back tomorrow. But everyone, take care. Have an amazing day. Jay will see you all tomorrow night. And remember, it is a good week to be a geek. Take care, everyone. Love you all. Oh. 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 Oh.